Hello once again, and welcome to Ring Crew Radio. I am the author of all things professional wrestling, PJ Stackpole, alongside the infamous Nikki Kayfabe. And coming off the top rope, as always, is the high flyer, Frank Cliff. So, how the hell are we, gentlemen, Francis? It's been a long week. It's been a long week away from each other. I'm all right. How's everybody? It hasn't been a week. It's been less than a week. It felt like an eternity. It did feel like a while. Nikki Kayfabe has thrown the schedule of this program. I told you it's not my fault. Whose fault is it? Yeah, all right, You know who to blame. Who? Say his name. I I won't do that to him. Say his (laughs) name. I'm not pussy. It was me this week. I changed the schedule. You know why? Because you've made it a thing. Nah, it wasn't really your fault. I'd give you the blame, but... I never changed the schedule. We used to have a nice Tuesday schedule. And had we stuck to that schedule, you wouldn't would have change. taken it off. I wouldn't have taken it that. off. But once Hell's Gates opened, right. there's no rules anymore. We're just going to ru- let fucking inmates run the asylum. Fuck it. Let's do it. You made the situation fluid. They love saying that now. The situation is fluid. It was fluid. It was Thursday. It's not my fault. This fucking league didn't get started. I'm sorry. So speaking of fluid... How long until Game Base has the watery shits because of the meal we just ate? Oh, I got under 45 minutes. It's been over. We're on borrowed time. I'm saying from now. Oh, from you're now. You're not going to make it through the whole show. You're going to make us pause and go boom. <laughs> then you're going to come back 20 minutes later with that stupid smile on your face. Like, I should be just as relieved as you are that you just <laughs> shit in my toilet. Frank, truthfully, am I easily frustrated? Yes. I would definitely... <laughs> yes. A- a- I, I'm being honest with you. It's a I shoot. I want your honesty. It's a shoot. Am I easily frustrated? Yeah. Certain things easily frustrate you. What easily frustrates Technology. Me? Technology. You're, okay. You are, to compare to you to something, when I think of you, I think of that Simpsons mean old man yells a cloud. <laughs> it's not a fault of yours. You're just not... It, I, it frustrates you easily. You let it get to you. I have seen too many sci-fi movies. I know what happens. Technology is not our friend. But I bring this up... <laughs> I bring this up because you were with me before, Francis. Yes. And I got very frustrated at our co-host. What else is new? What was he being difficult about now? Why don't you tell the people? You were there. You saw what happened. He just does an order like a normal human being. Trying to place an order at our local establishment. Should we say their name? Maybe we'll get some money. El Gallo Taqueria. Can recommend. Very nice customer service. He actually called me, but they called me from a potential scam number, so I got scared. Yo, you should have seen him. He picked up the phone. Who? <laughs> he said, who is this? It said potential scam. He yelled at them like you were Batman. Who is this? <laughs> and Nikki Kayfabe hit me with the, get me a burrito, hold the onions. And it killed me. It was like a knife to my gut. I don't know. I don't understand why. This is not the only thing you do. True or false? When we order Wendy's, do you not customize everything you order? Well, let's say some Wendy's, dumb no. shit like a Dave's single no cheese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. What's a the che- problem? A cheeseburger no cheese? This is the life you live in? Dave's single. It's not a cheeseburger. Well, a Dave's single comes with cheese, so by default, it's a fucking cheeseburger. Don't get technical with me. Without cheese. So he actually... I'm sorry. That... I have to interject here. That's what he actually does right. When he normally gives his Wendy's order, he'll say a number six, and I'll say, you idiot, I don't know the number that well, that's way. That's not my fault either. Who memorizes the number? What are you, a fucking serial killer? You're that guy that's going to go there one day, the numbers are going to be all changed, and you're going to yell at somebody because you're fucking flustered because you don't know how to read. So if this was a McDonald's order, and you were getting your standard cheeseburger, what do you order from McDonald's? I don't eat McDonald's. 
It's the most difficult human being on earth. He'll eat Wendy's, but he won't eat McDonald's. I don't get it. I don't get it. Wendy's is better. Do you get onions on anything you eat? I try not to. So if you were going to order a McDouble yeah. from McDonald's, yeah. you would say take the onions off. Yeah. I just, I can't live my life like that. Those, the onions at McDonald's are awful. There's like a hundred of them in the fucking, they're sliced the mouth. It's no, fucking mystery stew. It's all together. You no, can't even differentiate you. the taste. Anymore. You know, I was weak a long time. I used to not eat onions on my cheeseburger until one day I became an adult. Yes, it happened. And now I draw the line of tomatoes. I don't like ketchup either. You don't like ketchup on a cheeseburger? I don't like it in general. I mean, I, I, I put, I'm weird. So if the burger comes with ketchup, I'm not going to take it off. Yeah. But when I'm eating at home, I'm not going to put it on. No, no, I don't need. I don't I, because I feel like home ketchup just isn't the same. Fried it's fucking with ketchup is gross. You know what the worst that's, is? That's that's an absurd gross. statement. You know what's ketchup? fucking hold gross? On, hold on, fries with ketchup. Yeah, no, it's an American staple. Well, it's just an overdoing of salt. And that's if I'm at home and I have the cheeseburger myself, and it's off like my barbecue or something, I make a ketchup. Pile on the side. Oh, sorry. You cut the burger in half. You dip the burger. Oh, that's just you don't even way know. too much fucking ketchup. Move. How no, much fucking ketchup no, do no, you no, need? No, no, it's not ranch. Dip. No, I don't know if dip. I don't know if dip. You just no, you give it a dip. You. No, no way. You, you wind up with more so, on it if you put it on the burger. Itself. I actually I agree with kayfabe because I, I don't fucking know. Is it cold? I didn't hear the thing. Anyway. What the fuck are you? Anyway. I lost my train of thought. Ketchup and fries. That's right. So that's always your thought. That's it's a it's a staple. It's a staple. But here's the thing: you only put ketchup on fries if the fries suck. You get good hot McDonald's French fries. You don't need no fucking ketchup. Maybe barbecue sauce if you're feeling I don't like fucking good. McDonald's crazy. French fries. You just have something fucking wrong with you. Yeah, you but you'll eat Wendy's fries. Oh, much better. Wendy's fries are better than yeah, McDonald's. No question. What is wrong with your taste buds? No question. Are you fucking broken as a human being? I, I can't like do Nate. it. I like Nathan's fries. Oh well, that's a, that's a staple. The crinkle. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. What about the waffle? Rolling roasted fries. fries. Rolling roasted. Chick fil A fries. Chick fil A fries too. But how do you hate McDonald's fries? I don't get you. Uh, he doesn't. He says things. He's just oh, so he's like Bret Hart. Yeah. He's just saying things to oh, be an asshole. Oh, don't worry. We got him on deck. <laughs> oh, God. Shoot got, with the hitman. We got shoot with the hitman on deck. But, Francis, we're here to talk wrestling. Before we shoot with the hitman, what do we got to talk about? Talk to me. We got a five count today, gentlemen. And we're starting off hot. A little bit loose. A little bit crazy. We're starting with the... Crazy like flying Brian Pillman? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh <laughs> well, Nicky, I watched it. I watched it, Brian. <laughs> Well, we all watched the Brian Pillman doc. It was in two parts on the Vice Network. Dark on YouTube. The... Caught it on YouTube. Go check it out. Absolutely. Dark Side of the Ring. Brian Pillman. Gentlemen. I mean, look. We, we grew up in a weird time because we know of the Attitude Era. And we could remember Stone Cold. We could remember Bret Hart. We can remember Sh uh, Shawn Michaels. The Rock. We can remember all these guys. But Pillman was a guy that I just always remembered... Outside, of course, the well, even in that incident, always having a cast or something wrong with his fucking leg. Yeah, did you watch the fucking show? And then I learned. <laughs> I mean, why? I obviously, I when I was younger, I definitely looked it up one day and read about it. But these dark side of the rings just paint a picture. Yeah, they let you see everything the guy's going through, and they're really good at investigating. Um, Sometimes too much. I mean, this guy's life is something, huh? So did he start off playing football? 
He started off playing football. He was a nose tackle at six foot, which is insane when you think about it. K-Fapes, how big is a nose tackle nowadays? About uh, six, six, eight? Six, 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 seven, <laughs> three hundred. Yeah. He was a big dude, good-looking dude. He was dude. a big dude. Yeah. He was a big dude for six foot, definitely. And Transitioned then... into wrestling. He did the Hollywood Blondes gimmick. He was really catching some steam. And Steve Austin was all over this documentary. He's my favorite part of it, no doubt. Remember, good standing of the bold community. Pays his dues. Pays his dues out right on time. <laughs> on time every month. So he was really good here. Uh, and then they talked about, just cut right to it, the accident, the wreck. I'd always heard Austin talk about the well, car wreck. No, no, that's a, I'll get, we'll get to that because there's a lot. I think there's a lot more to uncover about it because I don't, I mean, you guys, like I, I said a bunch, um, are more familiar with the history of the stuff. I knew Brian Billman passed away. Mm-hmm. I knew about, you know, the, the WWE stuff more than, you know, when he was in WCW and ECW. But even when he started doing the character and he started waging the the bidding war between WCW and WWE it was first, brilliant. First off, he worked he worked Bischoff into a shoot, yeah. which is hilarious. And a big part of this documentary was that Kim Wood, his strength and conditioning coach. I didn't like that guy. Really? I didn't like You him. didn't like him for one reason. I can tell you why. So you call him Vince McMahon a whore. That's why. No, it wasn't even that. I think it's because he said I respected Dave too much for that, referring to Meltzer, and that made him burn inside. I just, he tried, you can tell, this is a guy who is not in the professional wrestling business. Mm-hmm. But who watched a lot of shoot interviews and wants to sound like them? Yeah, probably, I could. I, I, oh, he's a whore. What are you doing with a whore? You fuck him. Yeah. What, are you, what are you talking about, Kim? Would talk like a fucking human. <laughs> talk like a human being. I found that guy entertaining. I, I thought he, he's a big part. And I told Brian, "You're all fucked up right now. Get the fuck out of here. Go home. Or I'll beat the shit out of you. Shut up. You're not like he's just he's a he's a Mike Graham, a wannabe tough guy. I like a wannabe a, tough Mike guy. Grant. Don't you say what? Oh, he broke 3,000 guitars, never sold a dime. Never drew a dime. Broke 3,000 guitars, never drew a dime. <laughs> Mike Graham, legend. Um, May rest in peace. Yes. So that guy, Kim Wood, there was one quote he said that I found very interesting. It's like they, they talked to Meltzer, and Meltzer's like, well, everyone knew he was going to go back to WCW. I mean, now it's a place to go where he can actually oh, stretch God. the character. Meltzer right? was not bad in this. He wasn't. I was just making fun Meltzer's of his voice. Got, I would... Meltzer's got to clean his fucking room. Oh, my God. <laughs> They said last week that the internet went out so they couldn't put their podcast up one day. Well, I can tell you fucking why. Ratatouille went from the fucking <laughs> desk and chewed up the wire, and it's going to take him seven days to find it. Look what he Disgusting. Did. Disgusting. We'll get back to you, Meltzer. But, yeah, I have to say, Dave was on his best behavior. When he's edited, he's tolerable to right. an extent. And he actually make they made him look smart because he didn't ramble. Cornette, too, but... Well, Cornette, I mean, absolutely. Cornette told a great story. Yeah. I mean, not a great story, but he definitely painted his emotions mm-hmm. well. There was a quote he said, or where they have Dave talk about it, and Dave basically ate that he wanted to go back to WCW, and Kim Wood was like, it was never about going to WCW or WWE, it was about the fucking money! Another thing, I cringed every time. You really Wood, cringed? I couldn't stand him. I couldn't stand huh. him. He so obviously wanted to come across as a cool, tough guy. Everything I've seen about the documentary, and I've looked into it a little... I mean, he's gotten some some praises, but I, I, I get where you're coming from. I think I, he I paints... I'm sorry. I think he painted a picture about... Pillman. The, the Pillman and, and a different side well, of Well, clearly he was crucial to this story. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. have told that, but did he yeah. have to be so bombastic? <laughs> I think he tried to basically play it up to try he to tried like... tried to play it up. For, for yeah. Pillman, because, I mean, if you're trying to describe what Pillman was like and you never heard him in a shoot or anything, because at that time... What does that mean? What do you do to a whore? Be a fucker. But what that could have been mean? a Pillman what line. What does that mean? What does that even mean? You want to fuck them and get money from them. Uh, but you pay a whore. 
You don't get paid by it the It was Lord. just one of those things you're yeah, not supposed to sad, think about. It's, it's like AEW. No, I think about these things. I said, what does that mean, Kim Wood? What, <laughs> what are you talking you about? You paused it and asked him. Yeah, can't. bro. I swear to God, I paused it and I thought about it. I was watching <laughs> it in the morning. I'm up at 4.30 a.m. I was watching it. And I was just like, this is sick. There was two. There was another good line he had. The two biggest marks in wrestling are Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff. That was... Okay. Really? Uh, come on. That, that really? was pretty funny. But is that a true line? Does he mean that? Or is he just... He's just With the way he up. looks at the business, he looks at the he's business He's not different. in the business. But that's why he he's looked at it. He's in the business. But he talks like someone who... who He's a wheeler and dealer and knows what's going on. But if he sat there and coached Pillman through all this and was basically Pillman's representative, which that's what he admitted to being, I mean, he does know the business from a financial side, and I think that's the way he was talking. He didn't give a shit about kayfabe and none of that. That was all Pillman's gimmick. But I think he cared about getting his client paid. And, and God, hey, he did. And I want to know exactly what he actually did for Brian Pillman. So, so I'm going to guess. If Brian Pillman was alive, he'd have a slightly different story. Is he not a good one. member of, of the bold community? Was he bold? Yeah. He's definitely Kim bold. Kim Wood's bold? Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't remember. I didn't even pick up on it. That's how little I thought of him. Wow. Enough of Kim Wood. Enough Let's get Kim back Wood. to Pillman. So the character itself, 20 years before its time. Now everyone tries to do this. Everyone tries to expose the business in every way possible. How did Brian Pillman start it off? Subtly. You had the Booker Man comment, which set off airways. You had the Bobby Heenan incident, which was hilarious. What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Hysterical. And What the fuck are you doing? It's crazy how this guy (laughs) went into business for himself, which normally in this business is the most frowned upon thing, but made himself the most vaunted free agent, as we said. Mm -hmm. He went to ECW. He cut these promos. They were teasing a match with him and Shane Douglas. Can you imagine him living in the age of Twitter? He would have been tremendous. He's getting plastic surgery to look like Shawn Michaels' Shawn Michael. twin. I could not believe that. Story. That was insane. I you know what's crazy? His wild. face. When you, I never realized how different his face looks from when he was younger to when he was older after the accident. They put a bunch of shit into his face. It was a, It was like sad to see what he had to go through. And then you got the leg with the fucking bolts hanging out of it like Tiny Tim. So yeah. So he he was in a tag team with Steve Austin, the Hollywood Blondes. Mm-hmm. Austin's big gold chain. I'm looking at it right now, Francis. That Always had there. that shit on. Given to him by Brian Pillman. Um, I think we they, mentioned this watching we did. watching something with uh, yeah. Austin recently. So they got over, and then for some reason, WCW yanked the rug out of from under. Oh, him. wait. So it was like every other good thing in WCW ever, except for the I, NWO? I watched a lot of Steve Austin shoot interviews, and it's not like he's done a ton. He really hasn't done a ton. No. His story is the same in every one. They pulled the rug out for him. when I finally got a little steam. <laughs> right? And and so he pops up again in uh, WWF. And he does the loose cannon gimmick. And like you said, it was wild. He even feuded with Austin there. He feuded with Austin. Austin had to make him look good. So Austin got sympathy on him by beating the crap out of him. Not realizing how much pain his friend actually was in. I think he knew. He knew exactly how much pain he was in. But no, well, during that incident. But Austin also said at different points, like, if you told me Brian was dead, I wouldn't have believed it because he don't sell anything. So, yeah. Well, then again, Steve's always working. Let's face facts. I mean. I don't know. I don't he could have switched on a dime. Austin's story never changed. <laughs> no. And he always told the same story about Brian Pillman. He always said, that damn car wreck. And I never understood what a big part of his life that car wreck did or the change it, it had. It ended him. It ended him. It ended him. I had no idea how bad it was. And I don't want to really go too much into it about his wife. Clearly, she had substance abuse issues. That's not even a question. 
I Let's still, talk so about the minute she popped up on Sky. I don't care. Why do I have to tiptoe around this? She admitted it. They admitted it. They're, they're all very open with it. You can watch it. They say it for themselves. I took one look at it when it started. I went, oh, I think she's a crack lady. Well, I think and you all. And sure enough, <laughs> she used to be a stripper. It's like the whole story. She used to be a stripper. She got with him. She had a kid with him. He had a bunch of other kids with all different people. He had a fucking orphanage to an extent, and it's a and it's crazy. The stories, like I feel probably the worst for the the first the second daughter, the first one he thought he had, whose mother killed herself because of this yeah, lady, and yeah, then yeah. everything happened with her dad. And then I mean, you see Brian Pillman Jr.'s story. His thing's incredible. The fact that uh, he used to be held up in his fucking room by dogs and shit. Yeah, sick. It's insane. Uh, now, was one of his daughters a trans I, person? I don't know a if it was a, I don't know if it's a full work or a shoot. It looks she looked I, I don't want to say, but she looks exactly like him. She does. I they had the same was, face. She had the hair, the, the mohawk. She had her she pronouns. Yes. So Oh I didn't see that. I didn't know that. Uh no, when they talked about her. I think oh, they okay. said I think they said that because oh. I was thinking that. I don't know why. That stuck with me. But damn, those kids went through a lot. Yeah. Why the fuck did they put her and, on TV? But no, the, the sister, his sister, Pillman's sister. Oh, that she's a saint. But saint. I just want to, while saint. we were talking about the mother, why the fuck did they think it was... A, well, I got two parts to this, actually. Remind me Jim Ross in about one minute. Why... <laughs> the Papa why the fuck, whose idea was it to put her on TV? They, I, I, look, I know the hey, answer... Melanie! Ha <laughs> Vince! Oh, God. Sorry about Brian. I go on TV. Oh God, it was such a bad idea. It was an awful idea. But let's I just. I don't know how he got away with that. I wanted to bring that up for a reason. I think it's one of the one of those things in wrestling we frown upon and look back at. But Jim Ross, it's funny how he talks now. I love Jim Ross. He's the fucking narrator to my childhood, right? What? Sure he hates everything that he's ever been associated with. It seems now. Anytime he has an opportunity to strike. And give one little more dig to the WWE. Well, I never wish I was a part of it. But then you worked there for 20 years after. You can't be this prideful defender now saying everything was wrong. But you took a check every week. Yeah, you can't well, have it both ways. You can't act now he, like you're not a part I of it. I think he was of the opinion, if I am going to take a check for you, from you, I'm going to do what you ask. I got I got a lot of respect for Jim Ross. He, he, he seems like a straight shooter to me. I've never heard him say anything that struck me as being total, total bullshit. AEW's good. He don't even say it. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. He shies away. He, he offers very tepid endorsements of the product. So, yeah, I got to tell you, you, should, you of all people should appreciate that. It's not like he's going out of the, we got the best wrestler on the planet. He doesn't say that. He, uh, he did this week. But, no, my problem with him is he just acts like anything he was associated with in the past should be like, I feel like he's over-apologizing for things, if that makes sense. He's making it, going above and beyond to disassociate himself from things that he was a big part of. I don't think that's fair either. You can't just cancel yourself. You know what I mean? I don't know. I hear you, but, you know, he's free now. I would rather him talk badly about WWE now than when he was with them. Well, that makes sense, Maybe too. Maybe he felt this way. He didn't want to be someone who was super critical. I don't like the way WWE treated him. I don't. I don't think it was fair. I don't think they did the right thing by it. The him. other thing is, I we'll never. Was, I think it was juvenile. We never what? I will never get the full story. I don't care what the story is. For Vince McMahon as a babyface character to mock his Bell's palsy on air with Hornswoggle while his wife is running on. Ha ha! 
No, fucked up. Just fucked up, made no sense, not necessary. He always ribbed him, too. It's a shame because he never, like, how many times did he rib him over the years? He was relentless. Vince was relentless in picking on Jim Ross, and he was the single most talented man in that job. And now he's sticking him back, so there you go. Not not really sticking him back, but... Subtly. He's he's not what he was. Let's talk about the one good thing from this documentary, I felt like, because obviously it's a very sad story. Dark Side of the Ring, again, does a great job painting it, but it's fucking depressing at times. The one good thing about this story is Brian Pillman Jr. That is one of the most... We can thank Steve Austin for that. That is insane, right? I mean, that story of Steve Austin calling him for the weight belt and giving it to him and that inspiring him to become a wrestler, that's like something storybook. You don't get that shit. It's a mania story. That's a mania documentary And this is what I was leading to. Brian Pillman Jr. I see his kid. He looks exactly like his fucking father to an extent. How old is Brian Pillman Jr.? 27. All right. He's a young kid. Hey, he's on national television. Right. So, I wouldn't like this in AEW, but I would like because they probably go too far with it because they do everything fucking until they want to not watch it anymore. The WWE. Say he goes there, right? You start him off as a baby face, and he's taking these L's, and he's taking these L's, and he's taking these L's. And you have him develop the loose cannon persona. And you have, like, Austin come back and tell him, no, you can't do this. Kid, once you go down that yeah. path, it's a dangerous road. I could book it, yeah. Oh, my God. This is money to be made. I think it's the other way around. What do you mean? You want my advice, kid? You're never going to get anywhere. As one half of the blondes. You got to go to the next level. Oh, <laughs> you man. lose it. <laughs> oh, man. He makes him the loose cannon. I'm sold on it either way. He gives him the chain. Yeah. Book it, Vince. Book it. Sign him. And if Vince isn't going to do it, Hunter, you give us what, a, what we want now. I'd ask Tony Khan to do it, but he built it for four weeks, blow it off, and you won't see him again. <laughs> Fucking piece of shit. Speaking of Tony Khan, that leads us to number two on our... Five Before we count. segue to number two, I just want to close and say, watch it, people. Ken approved. The Arbiter approves. Two-part Pillman. I watched it very early in the morning, two second, two consecutive days. Tremendous. Worth every penny. Can't agree more. And to number two on our five count, AEW. Now, gentlemen. All Elite Week. That's right. Last week we covered their piss and shit, blood and guts, whatever you may. <laughs> And we tore into it a little bit. Now we have reactions. See, we are recording today on Wednesday before their next shit show occurs. So we're just going to cover some of the quotes and news and headlines from AEW this well, week. hopefully that match happens while we're on air so we can... Yes, yes. We may or may not have a watch-along. It all depends when this Yuji Nagato and, <laughs> and Dean Ambrose fucking match happens. But let's talk about what we can, right? And we start with QT, Q-Tip... Marshall, Marshall, whatever the Marshall, fuck. Can we decide Is he Tony what Soprano? we're going to call him before I'm going to call him Marshall. I'm not going to fucking change things. It's Marshall Mathers. Is he, is he, is he, is he, they say Marshall. I booked, I booked QT and he called and he said it was Marshall. That's what I heard. Oh, you heard it from, from God himself. That's what he said. Okay, fine. It's like the Sermon on the Mound. <laughs> say it, K-Fabes. Marshall. <laughs> um... What did QT Marshall have to say? This is a long quote, so bear with me. It's a little long. He was on Frank a pod- has to interrupt every sentence and, on- and, and offer his bombast. He was on the Wrestling pers- uh, Perspect podcast when he discussed how he collaborates with Tony Khan and the wrestlers. Oh, God. 
before you get to that, I'm glad. Can you pronounce it right? Because one day when they uh, announce Ring Crew Radio, I think we're going to be <laughs> upset. Perspect, it says. Let me see it. So it's just a weird boy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wrestling Perspect. Wrestling per Perspect podcast. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Perspect. How they do it? They take a big wheel of matches and feuds. They chop okay. the head off a chicken. The chicken's body so runs like around, said, and wherever it passes out, that's the match. I, they said, go for the week. I said, bear with me. <laughs> He goes on to say, everything is done through text and different group chats and ideas coming from a hundred different directions. Ha <laughs> Like five borough wrestling. At the beginning of the week, I get with Tony because I'm the one with Tony's oversight. I format the shows. Sometimes I just put wrestler A second because I don't know the full creative. When we go to our production meeting, nine out of ten times, Tony will explain what it is. Sometimes the way he explains it is not fully understood because he may not want to give so much away. Right now, we do everything on the phone because of the pandemic. We do conference calls, and it's much easier this way. The next day at TV, production may pull me aside, and I'm like, what is this? Sometimes I know, sometimes I don't. If I don't know, I send appropriate messages, and we figure it out. Guys know I'm texting. It's for a specific reason, and 10 out of 10 times to help them. When I first saw Cody formatting a pay-per-view, I was like, oh, this is fun. Jesus. I want to do this, not realizing that every week for TV with commercial breaks and everything, with for realizing that every week for t for TV with commercial breaks and everything. It is fun, and Tony oversees it. I'm not perfect, and there are times I oversee something and have this segment next to this segment, and it's the same thing. I don't know the creative, and had I known, I wouldn't have put two brawls next to each other. Things are going to happen, we're all learning. For someone who has never done it, I think I'm doing all right. A lot of it is common sense and asking questions. i got to say, that kind of explains a lot of the shoddy booking and questionable decisions they have. Clearly, it's a unorthodox structure and they don't clearly the, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing at all times which is a problem now wwe seems to suffer from the exact opposite problem it's so rigidly structured and so perhaps overproduced that it creates issues well, i think what q-tip did there was absolve himself of any guilt <laughs> <laughs> all i heard was well, well it's not me. my fault there's five brawls booked on the show and i gotta book five matches in a row they do it i mean oh my god look uh, you can make any excuse you want for why the product the way it is there's no excuse that justifies every single match ending with two factions out there like it's fucking gang warfare or fucking uh what's that fucking movie with the west side story bingo every goddamn week Every week. And every bad wrestling promotion from TNA to WCW in its dying days is just loaded with factions. Factions everywhere. Because you can't get stars as individual over it because you keep changing no, them heel and face. because the are running the asylum. I want to go out there with my friends. Well, that's true. I was in a wrestling company. Like, book me with Kate Babes and uh, Frankie. And we'll go out there. It's true. And I, I like factions, but... Love factions, but too lot. many of there's them is too many. Too many. Yeah. And if every faction doesn't have a point or objective, what's the point? It's too stupid. Too much of a good thing is a bad thing, Brian. And speaking of factions, our friend Chris Jericho had a whole podcast review of his Blood and Guts match. I won't give you his bullshit. Basically, he tried to justify the stunt. No one cares. This one I found interesting because you mentioned this to me last week, PJ, I think, when you heard his promo and you left. That he just found a new word and is using it every week, like he's done every time in his career. And now it's parley. Parley. I said parley, and some idiot corrected me. Was I don't it... think you two know how to speak. I said parley before, and he said parley. I know, parley. but I mentioned it then. It's parley, because he said he got it from Johnny Depp, and parley is the... I didn't know how Johnny of... Depp fucking pronounced it. He's English. 
But anyway, can you use it in a sentence? How did he use it? He said, oh, I think he literally just said, I heard Johnny Depp use that as Jack Sparrow once, so then I used it. And then I began using parlay. That's the way you should book promos. Just say things at the end. <laughs> he also said something else interesting. I don't want to go into his whole dive. He went on for like three paragraphs about that. But he basically said that because they're on network television, social media doesn't matter. That he didn't try to do certain things to influence social media because he feels it doesn't matter. I got news for Chris Jericho. Social media took Daniel Bryan, who is here, and in case anyone can't see, the pencil's by my, my fucking waist. Oh my god, Kayfabes, did you just birth a gas bomb out of your ass? I thought that was... I Holy shit. He shit himself. Is. He might have shit himself. Yeah, El Gallo. There it is. He's talking back at him. Look oh my god, he's giggling. He definitely got water down there. You're an animal. It took the pen and it put it up here. And that's what social media did for Daniel Bryan. Social media could completely change a product. This is how you get people now. There's no other way. So to think it doesn't matter, you're just saying that because you want to ignore all the negative opinions about your stupid fucking fall last week. If you have to constantly defend the things you do on television every day... Something's wrong. And he always retweets people that say nice things about him. Oh, he sits there and he smiles, but his face doesn't move. Yeah, he's, this, he's tough. All they do is say nice things. I got into a little argument with someone about the Yuji Nagatu. I said, I'm tired of people knowing, thinking they know who he is. I was a huge fan of him in the 2000s. <laughs> someone said he's a... He had four matches on Nitro. So yeah, someone said he's, uh, he had a stint in WCW. He had like three matches. Liger had a Glacier. Glacier's a bigger star. <laughs> Glacier. Or fucking, what was, uh, what was fucking, uh, oh, was Chris Canyon's first gimmick? Uh, Morpheus? Mortis? Who Mortis. Took on, who took on, Glacier. Uh, Glacier, yeah, Mortis something. It was Mortal Kombat shit. It was went, awesome. The guy went through the wall. And James Mitchell. And oh, Shockmaster. Shockmaster. The Yeti. The Yeti. The Yeti had a brief stint. What? The wall. How did Glacier go wrong? I don't know. It was so fucking cool. They I remember just, when I saw his put, entrance, I was like, shit. so much promotion into him. He couldn't work. That was the original. Could he work? I can't remember if he was a he worker. He tried to do like this half karate, half so was Rob Van Dam. style. Yeah, but not nearly. As Rob, athletic. Yeah, Rob Van Dam was athletic. Rob Van Dam was good. Okay. You know, it was almost like maybe Steve Blackman could have pulled it off. Because I don't remember Steve Blackman being that bad. Interesting. So to get off WCW and back to it, all elite week. What's the difference? We have to actually send our greatest recoveries out to Ricky Starks because I have to say, I actually like him. Greatest recoveries. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Get well soon. Get, yeah, yeah, condolences. Get well, get well send him condolences. Why? Yeah, for he, his injury. That's not condolences. Condolences is if you die. We send our well wishes to there Ricky Starks, who suffered a fractured neck on a fucking German suplex. As soon as I saw that shit, I said, he's fucking hurt. He no-sold it. Who which Germaned him? Hangman. Which stinks. Hangman Page? Yeah. An executioner. Go figure. Uh, so, injuries happen. This isn't ballet, as many people would say. This is true. Injuries happen. Sure do. But what happens when you work with people who aren't safe consistently? Well, ask Bret Hart. You're gonna ask Bret later. Bret's gonna tell us all about it. I already got. I already got it picked you out. You get injured more. You get injured more, right? And when you do things in matches that you shouldn't be doing, like I think that what they were trying to do is the German suplex into the flip where he lands on his feet, and he kind of botched it. There's a reason why only guys 
like the size of Brock Lesnar are able to really pull that off with someone like the size of Seth Rollins because they're able to get them high enough that they could flip and get their feet underneath them. Hangman Page is about the same size as Ricky Stark, so unless he's fucking Superman and can throw him five feet into the air, that move shouldn't be fucking tried. There's too much of a fucking chance you're going to land on your damn head. Mm -hmm. And these guys, what did Ricky Starks just take off of his career for a fucking match? Was that shit on Dark or was it at least on the fucking weekly show? It was on the weekly show. Okay, good. At least it wasn't on fucking Jobber Nation. But, guys, I mean, I don't get it. So Jericho could land on a pillowcase, but this guy got dropped on his fucking head. You can't have it both ways. Are they going to work safe? Well, he got dropped on his head in a match. I mean... They do some crazy unsafe stuff. I seen something online the other day. Did you day. see Tay Conti? Ty Conti. Ty Conti. Say, that shit was really. How did you expect anatomy to work that way, PJ? I don't know if you saw it. She set her up at the at top turnbuckle, laying across, laying Shawn Michaels styles. Okay, and then she jumped off and double kneed her. But her head was up. What part of her body? Was she was face down. Up, face down. So it's on her back. Yeah, on her back and legs and fucking neck. Yeah. Fuck. Was she hurt? No, but I don't know how. <sighs> She should go well, get an if MRI. You, if, you, if you can do it, you you can, can, I, I say do it, but why do it on a dynamite? Do it on a pay-per-view. They have a pay-per-view in less than a month. I yeah. Pull out these moves when it matters. Right. Well, I hate to say it. It looks like Ty Conti's probably not even going to end up on that fucking pay-per-view. It's probably not because she usually doesn't. But, but they have high hopes for her. Everyone loves her, and then she never used. So. I, I just <laughs> don't get why I'm watching it, and half the shit doesn't even look real, but you're going to hurt yourselves. I don't get it. A lot of shit doesn't make sense either. I mean, Lance Storm, too, said that. Uh, when I heard Lance Storm talking to Brian Alvarez. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He said that, he said, don't call me, I'm paraphrasing, he said, don't say things about WWE that don't make sense. And then the next time, he's going right. to tell me Britt Baker is the number one contender mm -hmm. when she lost a match that wasn't even supposed to be part of your rankings anyway. And now she's the number one contender she lost. And the one that won isn't even on TV anymore. And, and Britt Baker... And Brian Alvarez didn't really have an answer for him. No, because here's the problem. What they do with these guys is they go on these winning streaks on these fucking YouTube shows that literally, I'm going to say now, I don't care what you tell me, the amount of people watch it live or any of that bullshit, it's 20 people telling their closest friends and relatives. Mm -hmm. No one's watching that shit. And if anyone's watching it on Monday night, they're doing it just to spite Raw. There's yeah, no other reason yeah, you would want to. Yeah, that's true. I see people live tweeting. Who the fuck wants to watch no these? You, who wants to watch stars versus do jobbers? I literally watched a Moxley match before. It was Moxley and Kingston. They beat guys in four seconds. Yeah, you sent it to milk me. chocolate, right? They beat I them. I don't in, know if it was milk chocolate, but it was somebody. They beat them in fucking four seconds. What is even the point? I'm you don't even make them look strong. That's gonna make you mad, Francis. What's that? There was an old joke. I don't know if they still say it, but I heard it growing up. There's no such thing as a Met fan. They're just anti-Yankee fans. <laughs> There's no such thing as an AEW fan. They're just anti-WWE. It has to be. That's it. Yeah, I, I cannot. That's it. They hate WWE so much that they will just pretend. They'll lie. They'll make things up. But, I mean, Lance Storm, I mean, he couldn't have said it better. Britt Baker is very talented. They just never used her right. She got a huge moment and a loss. That didn't count because it was unsanctioned. And the next week she comes out and says, I'm the number one contender. Yeah. Well, no, to her credit, it, oh, was, it, it was three weeks and she went and won four matches on the YouTube shows. But that's, that's the, the other thing. thing. with SCU. Everyone's saying, oh, SCU now is saying if they lose their next tag match, they're going to not be a team anymore. And it's like SCU hasn't been on Dynamite before the last three weeks, probably fucking four or five months. They're well, winning on these YouTube shows. They're stacking up their wins. 
and then they show up and now they're number one contenders. Me and PJ have talked about this before because PJ's a big fan of rankings in wrestling, and I'm not because I feel like they put you in booking crises. It makes your booking smarter. To an extent, but this isn't the answer either. This is using jobbers yeah. to boost rankings. There's no meaningful wins. Everybody has one or two losses. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bullshit. Everyone does have it. It's bullshit. The top guys have like one or if, two losses. If you did power rankings in the WWE, you know how much Roman Reigns would stand out who's 373 and 0 or whatever the fuck in the last two years? I don't think he's taken a clean pin in two and a half years. So what's wrong with that? Yes, to an extent it would work, but this is exactly why I wouldn't want it because it puts you into into holes. Well, look at the hole you're in now with, with them, right? So you're they're having a number one contenders match tonight with, with uh, Pac and Orange Cassidy. Pac. So that whoever wins that is facing Omega, which is a joke in itself. That Orange Cassidy. What do you think right? about that as as a ranking system with him, Pac at number one and, and Cassidy at number two? They, are they legitimately that's number what one and two? Them, Apparently, that's Apparently. what they ranked. Then that's what they ranked. I mean, I appreciate this sticking with it. I think it's embarrassing that those are your two guys. But that's the problems it leads to because every week you book the show and say, well, he can't lose to him and he can't lose to him. All right, let's get some more jobbers down here. I don't know how they're one and two. Cody hasn't lost in fucking two years. They have because he can't go for the world title. Oh, that's right. So silly. Sorry. Soon enough, he'll change that. Don't worry. He's getting bored. I love how he, he had to explain how, oh, how I was going to rack up super wins but never be champion. Don't I can't worry. wait for his announcement. How many losses does he have, too? Yeah, I think maybe three or four. Maybe. I can't stand him. I, <laughs> I just, I, every week. You know what it is? Because the shame is, is Cody Rhodes is a great worker. He's a great worker. He can entertain you from moment to moment. The problem is, is being there and having that much control, he's become an asshole. The, the booking of himself is ridiculous. He doesn't even make other people look good anymore. It makes everybody look like shit. That whole feud was to put QT Marshall over, and he didn't even look good in the match that he beat him in. And he beat him with a fucking botch figure four. It's nonsense. Cody's so much better than what he's producing. That's the shame in it. Did he let Big Ray hook the leg? Oh, my God. That was the most obnoxious quote of all time. That was it? From him? Yes. Had to be. It wasn't Triple H blubbering on television saying, Dusty was the oak. He was the oak. Well, you could say whatever you want about Dusty and Hunter if you want to blurb on to that. The fact is, is Triple H did respect Dusty enough to bring him back to, to establish NXT. He respected him enough to... Oh, it's starting to show. It's starting to show. Shit. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, pause Why this you... right now. Pause it right now. Wow. Well, that was something. God, Nikki Kayfabes, why do we listen to you? Well, Ring Crew Faithful, I'll just explain to you very quickly at the end. After we sign off of this program tonight, afterwards you will get our watch-along. It's a lights-out watch-along. Once the show's over, it begins, because that's what I wish happened. Yeah, it wasn't worth putting on the air, so if you're really curious in our match, who was it again, John Moxley versus... Yuji Nagatu. Yes, and the opener of Dynamite. I mean, it wasn't the worst match I've ever seen, but... Eh, eh, yeah. Eh. All right, Francis. Are we done with AEW here? Thank the Lord we are, gentlemen. Please, it's time to go to number three, and yes. we need to cover. I'm not calling it this. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to give in to stupidity. What? This is backlash. It's just backlash. It's not WrestleMania backlash. This is the dumbest fucking thing they've ever done. This is worse than Great Balls of Fire. Why the fuck did you have it's to? It's not take... worse than Great. You know why they're doing it. 
stupid. You know why they did Oh, yeah, because some dumb fuck is going to say, oh, WrestleMania again. All right. It's the dumbest fucking because, thing. Because, you know, they're on Peacock, so they got all the new viewers. They're not even going to know what they're looking at. People who search up WrestleMania are going to get brought there. They know what they're doing. But, yeah, it's disrespectful to the brand. Disrespectful to WrestleMania. It's disrespectful to Backlash. Backlash is an established event that's always happened after Mania, hence why it's called Backlash. It's the Backlash of WrestleMania. Right. It always had those damn hooks. Yeah. It had a good fucking theme, and then they had to go dicking around with it. Then they put <laughs> Extreme Rules there. Now it's back. I don't understand it, damn it. But please, gentlemen, we got a card. I think it actually should be a pretty good card from top to bottom. Who's going to run it down for me? <laughs> okay. Give got? it to me, Jimmy C. Uh, we will start with Damien Priest versus The Miz. Why do a, you read it like a substitute teacher reading lump, kids' names? And it's versus, man. not versing. I said versus. Go on. The Miz in a lumberjack match. Versus the, both of them? No, Priest oh. versus The Miz. Lumberjack. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Morrison when I read it last night. Priest but... versus The Miz in a lumberjack match. Yes. Uh, uh... Well... I'll, I'll give the positive side of this. Damian Priest is getting a pay-per-view match. I think we all agree we like Damian Priest from what we've seen. The little see, we have. I kind of see the Miz going over. I could see it too, and I don't mind it. Give them a nice little feud. But you got to now give him somebody to deal with Morrison with. I don't know what they do there. Is Morrison, Morrison injured? No. Not no. anymore. He, he was for a short time. He hasn't won a match, supposedly, since December of 2020. M- Morrison? Right, yeah. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. He was yeah. doing jobs for the Miz all yeah. fucking build up. Crazy, though, because he was, when he came back, people, you know, there was a little hype behind him. Yeah, and then guess what they did? Had him be a standing member of Miz TV. You watching porn? <laughs> no. I thought I heard a loud moan. It was, but it wasn't porn. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy shit is on your phone. I, I, Go on. I don't like lumberjack matches anymore. I don't you feel like if it's been overdone, you just feel like I it's a stupid like, step. I feel like the last time they did it, they used guys that were actually in stories. That's a terrible thing. That to was do. a terrible idea. Then I just feel like they, they don't do them right. The lumberjack match, in a way, has been overdone. Um, you know the ending. You know what's going to happen. The heels are going to fuck up the babyface. The babyface is going to fuck up the heel. Yeah, they do the same shit. It's, it's played out. You could have done a better step with this. Put fucking Morrison in a shark cage or some shit. That's more interesting than this. Since, what is that sound? It's upstairs. Okay, so, <laughs> I, I'm hearing anarchy. The be- I, It won't be a ring crew radio show unless we mention at least Kane and Hunter. So I'll do both. Do you remember RVD versus Triple H with all the Lumberjacks? Yes. And so there was like this hardcore match going backstage, and all you see in the background is Ric Flair waving on Triple H, who was in like a forklift. Yes, absolutely. And he parked the forklift in front of the babyface locker room, so it was only heels. Genius. And they all had straps, and they were strapping RVD, and at the end, Kane came out. To a pop. Well, first, first, the babyface locker room hit the ring. Oh, they got the forklift and out then, of the way. Yeah, it was Bedlam. And then Kane hit the ring. And they went fucking nuts. That was a great, great finish to Raw one night. That was I don't think you'll ever get a better lumberjack match. That's that. that's tremendous. Yeah. But yeah, it's a hard thing to story build. What there else? There you do- go. That was a good Triple H match. How about that? <laughs> yeah, it was. Triple H R V D Lumberjack Strap match when all the baby faces were locked in with forklifts. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Kane came out and fucked everybody I'm going to have to watch this as soon as we're done recording oh, this show because Flair's got to be so funny when he's waving him in. It was funny. If you get the match on YouTube, you won't see it. But there was a match earlier in the night. It was a hardcore something. It went backstage. And you said, all right, champ, bring her this way. And he's <laughs> flailing him in like, like, like someone landing a plane. And it was fucking Hunter on the floor. Oh, that was the best. Those two, they were good. They were partners in crime, man. They were good, good, uh, good tandem. So what else we got, Kayfabe? We have the Dirty Dogs, who, if uh. you don't know by now, they're Dobbs Diggler and Robert Roode versing the Mysterios for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Give the straps and the Mysterios. I agree. At this point, fucking The Usos are going to take them anyway. This whole tag division is fucking dirty dog shit. (laughs) Well, yeah, they may just be a a placeholder for Uh, the the Usos. So let's sidebar a little bit. because No, fuck it. The Samoans versus the Mysterio family? Do it. Absolutely. I was just going to say we didn't get to really cover that SmackDown, nor are we because we're going straight to this... Here, but let's talk about the Usos coming back. Jimmy and Jay have been reunited. We don't know yet if Jimmy's necessarily working with Roman. We know he's working with Jay. Gentlemen, I think I said it on this program before. I can't stress this enough. The Usos, to me, are one of my favorite tag teams. They haven't had, ever since they went heel in 2016, 17, whenever it was. They've been must-watch since. On a stick, tremendous. Jimmy and Jay, both of them, clearly. Yeah. Matches. I mean, yeah, they do spots. Every tag team does spots. But they tell a great story. When they were feuding with the Dudley boys and they couldn't get them through the fucking table for four weeks. And then when they finally did, they beat them for the straps, I believe. Little things. I love this tag team. And this could be the fucking shot in the arm this fucking tag team division's been missing. Because I haven't been able to think of any team on SmackDown outside of the Street Profits who... Let's face facts, you only can have them as champions for so long because it's they're going to beat guys the way they beat guys, right? They're not going to have the best matches on a card. Is there any reason on the God's fucking hot sun that there needs to be two tag team champions in this company? Absolutely no, not. they don't have enough tag teams for it. It's they don't silly. have enough. And then, So what's going to happen to Dolph and uh, Bobby Roode when this is over? If they lose. They'll disappear. They'll just disappear into the yeah. abyss. Which I don't think Dolph Ziggler minds because he's got his side thing going. Yeah, but I... What's I, his side thing? He's comedian. He's a stand-up comedian. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Rude should get a, a singles push. He deserves it. He's very good. He's very good on the mic. I, well, I have to debate with you with that. <laughs> Bobby Rude is one of the most boring wrestles I've ever watched. But when he's a heel and he's an asshole... When he's a heel and he's throwing a robe on a ring guy, fine. And he can, have a, he can work a main event match as a heel, but he's very boring. He's actually like Triple H without the brawling outside, so it's even more boring <laughs> than his fucking rest holds. And that's your honest analogy. Look, I'll tell you, Hunter's not going to give you the wowest of matches. He's a good storyteller. Bobby Roode is just fucking boring. He's headlocks. He's chin locks. He's putting me to sleep. I have no fucking interest in watching him. Yeah. He's a tag team uh, guy. We've talked about this before. So let's go to the Raw tag belts. Did they announce anything with that? No. But I just wanted to say one thing real quick about those belts. I'm all in on a Styles and Omos versus RK-Bro feud. I think RK-Bro is tremendous. Gentlemen, what do you think about that pairing? I think... I think it's like a rib that's gone out of control, but I'm all for it. I think Warren's making it work, that's for sure. (sighs) I need more time. We'll see. We'll see what they do with it. I don't think they should get the match yet. I think we should build it a little. Of course. Even a tag team. Yeah. Just keep them together. Yeah. I agree. I want them together for a long time. This gives Orton X Mania plans. You can milk this for a whole year if you when wanted to. When did WWE just decide, we'll put them together to break them up? 
Like, yeah, work with the mega powers, but at least you got a year out of it. <laughs> they do it too quick. And I, and look, this is one of those tag teams I look at, like I look at the bar. It's one of those tag teams where it's just two guys that are thrown together, but I think they work. And yeah, I but like... They're not keeping Orton in the tags that much. I don't... But what's the difference? He's done it all. He doesn't need to be in the title picture. And you're not going to have him feud with the fucking Fiend. I'd rather him sit there and try to make tag team wrestling. Orton's a psychopath. He probably took it as an offense to how bad this tag division is. And so did Styles. And they want to go there and make it relevant again. It's very possible. So, keep going with this card for WrestleMania Backlash. Sorry to divulge there. But. We have Ripley versus Oscar oh. versus Charlotte for the Raw Women's Championship. I've gotten into two fights on Twitter because Charlotte's of this one. taking it. So, there's a gentleman on Twitter. I will not even give him the, the shout-out because I fucking can't stand this guy. But he <laughs> follows me, so I want to lose it. <laughs> Every 35 seconds, he's tweeting at Vince McMahon about Charlotte Flair and how she's ruining main events and everything else. What's his beef? Does he think she's not a good wrestler? He's like a big Lacey Evans fan. He's out of his fucking mind. But here's the thing. There's a reason why Charlotte Flair was thrown into this match. I've watched Asuka. I've watched Rhea Ripley three times in a ring together. And I've never seen two people with less chemistry in a fucking wrestling ring. It looks like they both don't know what the fuck they're doing. You should watch Hunter versus Vladimir Kozlov. Oh, there it is. But no, I... I PJ, I haven't seen anything like that. They botch their, every single thing they do. Their chemistry is not what we Hunter and Vladimir Kozlov. And I look at this now, and I say, Vince saw it right away and said, I know how to fix this. Yeah, you add Charlotte. You add Charlotte, and Charlotte's going to make it at least resemble I, a fucking wrestling I match. I saw a thing on Bleacher Report today, and they had an article. I didn't read it, but the, the headline was, Charlotte Flair is the modern-day John Cena in, WCW, in WWE. I don't know what your thoughts are about that. I mean, she's never a baby face, really, so that's pretty fucking stupid of I a guess statement. Just, I guess more of a longevity. What, how they thing. shove you down her throat? I mean, yeah. maybe that. I didn't read the article, so it might be about that. Charlotte sure. Flair is the premier female wrestler to Vince McMahon. She has it all. She has athleticism. She has a look. She's bigger than all of them. So I think to him, that's his perfect project. Much like he looked at Cena. And she's got the lineage. And she's got the lineage. Much how he looked at Cena. Much how he looked at Hogan. Cena Stone didn't have Cold. lineage, though. Neither did he Hogan. Didn't. Neither did Hogan. Yeah. So you have it in two but ways. she's got more. Yeah, she's, she's got, got more. Like up. No I think, intended. and there's a reason why Vince always throws her into these feuds. I think because when he sees something isn't going to work, he knows that Charlotte, in a way, is a magician and can make the shit work. I'll give her credit. She may bore the shit out of me at times, but that's just how I am. I think she's a great heel. She commands fucking heat. She talks and makes you listen. And all of her matches, great stuff. And they've made up... This is fate accompli with her. They've made up their mind. She's gonna be their top woman's draw. She's Ever. going to be their number one woman's athlete of all time. Not Trish, not You Betty. say that, and then you do shit with her fucking fiancé that, you know, can turn on you. I mean, she was with Yeah, but that doesn't matter in the wrestling it does. Business. It does. Well, I mean, they protected Nikki Bella when she was with Cena, right? Yeah, in a way. I guess you know who you can fuck with. In a way, with. they put the fucking belt on yeah, her for a they, record long time. I hate to say it. You don't know how much flair depends on that check, being her father. There's a lot of outside circumstance. So I don't necessarily know if that yeah, held I'm as big Rick as a check. Charlotte walks. I don't, I don't see I, You never know. Look, yeah. WWE doesn't owe it to anyone to keep their significant other employed, no matter who it is. Sure, I agree sometimes with you. do I agree favors, with you. sure. And we're not going to talk NXT, but and I talked to you about maybe this. Maybe Andrade and her said, "Look, maybe it's just better off that you, you know, get cut, and we'll talk to them." And 
You don't know the inner machinations. No, uh, of the you're whole right. Thing. You're right. And I hate to say this to you, Kayface, but I got to bring it up now. I'm not going to have another time during this show. You watched NXT this week, and our mm -hmm. boy was on again. Yeah. Santos Escobar. I say mm -hmm. it every week, gentlemen. Ladies at home, if you're not lit watching NXT on a weekly basis, just make sure you catch whatever the fuck Santos did. This guy is tremendous. And if Andrade had half the promo ability that he had, he would have been making money everywhere. I agree. Period. He's, he's Spanish. He speaks good English. And he can work. And I hate that as soon as I saw Andrade go to AAA and cut that promo on Omega, by the way, don't understand a lick of Spanish. Yeah. He looked more legitimate than he did in two years. Mm -hmm. So it's not on them. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. He had to go to a different place. Yeah, I, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying if you're going to keep her around, make she, her happy. I so, mean, she yeah. also, they own her name too. True. What's she going to go become? What's Charlie. her real name? Ashley. <laughs> she going to go become Ashley Flair with an E and I? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, you have to. You got to do what you got to do. Next right, up, else we who got? do you think goes up here, by the way? Charlotte, you said? I think Charlotte. I think Rhea. I think they uh, jumped the gun too soon with Rhea. I think there was a reason they held her in NXT. I think now we're seeing it. They, they're going to put it on Charlotte and they're going to make Rhea chase it. Yes. They brought Charlotte in with a lot of fanfare. I think Oscar needs a break. I think Becky comes back. Good. Wishful thinking, but let's see. She would make this interesting Next again. Next up, we'll go with the other women's title on, the, on SmackDown. We have Bianca Belair versus Bayley. You know, Bayley's character is interesting to me because there's weeks I like it. It's Karen. She is a Karen. There's weeks I really like it as a character, and there's weeks I just look at it where it just looks, I don't know, stupid and fucking goofy. It's like a thin line. I feel like on a week in, week out, I don't know what I'm getting anymore. I like her as a competitor. I think her and Bianca Belair, they'll tear the house down. Mm -hmm. They'll probably have just as good as a match as her and Sasha did at Mania. Mm -hmm. Possibly better. The character is just so confusing to me now. Because in one minute, she's psychotic. The next minute, she's Karen. The next minute, she's just screaming. I don't get it anymore. But Bianca she's Belair, I understand what she she's is. She's just an over-the-top woman. And clearly, I don't think they're going to take the belt off Bianca anytime soon. I don't think they should. I think that's it's your moneymaker. It's a placeholder match with a with a reputable name. Yeah, that's, that's exactly is. what it is. Yeah. Probably could have gotten more out of it, though. Because Bailey, and if this is a few months down the line, she might be a, a possible contender for winning it. Yeah. But yeah. I think having it at this point... Too quick. Bailey also had it for a long time. That's the other reason why she could stay out of the picture for a yeah, little bit longer. She was great. She, she had a imagine the heat Bailey would get if she won. Oh man! Oh, if it was in front of a live crowd, I'd say swap it. Yeah. But you know, the Thunderdome ain't gonna fucking be the same. <laughs> the Thunderdome. Next up, we have the triple threat for the WWE Championship: Lashley with MVP versus Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman. Is Braun just there to take the pin? I don't know. They made him look strong every fucking week. That's why he's there to take the pin. No I way. get that side of it, but look, they've pushed the three of them. I don't like that they face each other every week, but I'm also not going to say it's going to make me not watch the triple threat. I'm intrigued by this. You're going to get some big hosses. It's moves. three big hosses throwing down the fucking squared circle. Someone's loving it. Someone's going through the barricade. Someone's, someone's going, going through the announce table. Might, have, might go through the ring. Someone might go through the ring. They might I do a double. Drew McIntyre does a double lift. It could happen. Bobby Lashley has and Braun. Braun maybe in the fucking the power bomb. Or no, in oh, okay. the full Nelson. Fucking double Claymore. No, pick him up. Oh. Pick them up. I would say double suplex a possibility. Who the fuck knows? You might drive your fucking back with those two. The ring may collapse. I was watching. I was watching Raw uh, Monday with my dad. and He goes, "Who the fuck's this big guy with Strowman?" 
Because that's why God invented guns. <laughs> but see, that's why. Look, we as wrestling fans, we sit there and make fun of Braun and say, like, fuck, what the fuck huge. is he doing? The average person looks at Braun Strowman and they say, wow, and the eyes catch him. Yeah, and that's why he gets says, pushed away with us. What the fuck is that? What yeah. is he fucking eating? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's tremendous. Enormous. I look at these three guys, right? And I, I don't want to compare, but I mean, I'm going to. You look at <laughs> an AEW, right? I mean, look at these three. Right? These are fucking men. Huge. Yes. You're dealing with men. Grown I mean, men. Highest children. Compare yeah. that to compare that to Kenny Omega. I know. That's, I, compare I, that I'm to not, the young fucks. And I'm not saying WWE haven't had their, their smaller champion. They've had Ray. They've had The Miz. You know, stuff like that. But put them in the ring with these three. I mean... Yeah. I, I mean, look, AEW's got guys like that. They, they just do. don't push them correctly. Like Lance Archer. Like Brian, Brian Cage. Cage. Yeah. I mean, even Powerhouse Hobbs, he's another big fucking hoss. Yeah. But I don't know. You're right. These guys have money and draw, and I just don't see it on the other yeah. side as much. Who do you think goes up? Um, I say Lashley retains. So I originally thought that I'm going with the wild card here. I think Drew gets it back. I think Lashley's had his run. It's been impressive enough that no one's going to be upset about it. Eh, it's been okay. It's only been a few months. It's been one pay-per-view. My thing is... It's been one pay-per-view. One pay-per-view, right? Yeah. Technically, you're right because Mania, and, but it's been two two months because yeah, of the way it landed. Too soon, it, yeah, it's too valuable. They haven't even work. done the MVP. He's gonna turn. They MVP haven't done next. the Lashley Drew rematch either yet. They kept that right. off, so you yeah you could get that at SummerSlam. And last up, we have Randy Orton versus The Fiend. What? <laughs> Don't fuck around, kayfabe. Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. I was going to say, how high was I when I was watching <laughs> Raw last week? I saw <laughs> Matt Riddle. Hiding. I didn't see The Fiend. He <laughs> was disguised. Can you the believe fuck? The Fiend came back for one fucking night? He came out of a box and got pinned? I fucking told you he was doing the job. You told me I was crazy. I wish you predicted the box. That would have been perfect. You both looked me in the eye and said, Fiend's got to go over. Didn't right? I? No, I predicted right before the show. I said, I'm on your side, uh, PJ. I was not. I was not. But anyway, what was the main event? Roman versus... I don't know if it's the main event, but it's the last one we'll talk about. Versus Cesaro. <sighs> they did it too soon. They did it too soon. Yeah. But... They did it too soon. I will say this. Cesaro looked strong they at the end of SmackDown. They're not taking it. They did it too soon. He's but see, now with the inclusion it. of Jimmy Uso, they you're obviously going to get some screwy finish, now, right? The Uso's going to win the tag bouts, and they're going to have a fucking gold... Okay, I get that, old. but you realize Cesaro here could lose and still look good, right? It's yeah, not impossible. The universal strap on Heyman. Go all the way with it. Fuck it. I not the universal. The twenty four seven. That's yeah. crazy. Let's have Brian come back, cost Cesaro, and have a little feud spawn into that. With Do Brian that. as a heel. Yeah, I like it. I wouldn't mind that. I, I Shinsuke. Did something for fucking Shinsuke to do. Shinsuke can cost him the match. I can see that. Because Shinsuke's been talking that. shit sure. every week. I mean, It's a shame that we're going to this world this early, though. You I know think, what it I is? I think it's just a little cock tease. I, yeah. I, <laughs> no, look. Why you are you the, laughing when you say that, you sick fuck? He can't help himself. But no, look. It's a smart one because you're going to get the idea of the match. You're going to see the entrances. And then you're going to get the screw finish, which makes you want it more. Then they're going to hold Cesaro down and not give him the fucking chance. And then maybe SummerSlam you That's get why it again. I don't think this mains. I think the other the triple threat will. The Tribal Chief main events. I don't now if you're gonna get a screw finish. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. On paper it probably should. Screw finish or the heel finish. Hey Faves is right. If you're gonna do a screwy finish. Unless you get Brian coming back or something like that. Or Rollins or someone doing something. Well yeah, big. Rollins, they did tease that as well. Yeah. Rollins getting involved. If you get something big going on, 
And yeah, yeah, Seth Rollins doesn't have a match, huh? No. You know what's crazy? When I looked at those two, because they had a stare down on SmackDown, him and Reigns. First off, when you look at those two and then look at Ambrose, you really laugh at fucking Ambrose, huh? But it's crazy that that's just, I can't see that match happening again until WrestleMania. Like, that is a WrestleMania match if I've ever seen one. Because now you have the full character turns on both of them. And now this is the full, that that's the match. I just don't know how you get there now. I used to want The Rock and, and Reigns and say that's going to be, yeah, that's a match, that's an attraction. But this match makes sense. This is a coming-of-age match that needs to happen at a mania. The, this is my problem with the split rosters, because you have to go to these wells too soon. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. You don't have enough viable people to... It's hard to do long-term booking. I think both both shows are experiencing split this. rosters. Yeah, it's tough. That's why if they combine them, then you're, at a, then you're fucked because you're not going to have... Andy Ross is getting no TV time. Exactly. And you're not going to have two belts. Exactly. Well, now so, you've got... I'm fine with. But yeah, you're fine you with it. Do with, you can do with split rosters and only one belt. Gentlemen, there's only been two belts for the last now, what, 20, 20 something years? It's not going to change. No, Cena and Orton. Yeah, uh, they did it for what, two months? They it's walked a- around with both belts and then the. Yeah. No, and, Brock had it for a while. Yeah, they had both belts together. Yeah, and then Brock won it and it became combined. Right, and then within a year, they ended up having the second championship back. That was when the Universal title debuted. Yeah, your point is made. Yes, they've had two belts for a very long time. It's hard to get out of that habit. Because now it's like fans can't accept there not being a second champion. Right. Where else do you go? Right. Well, gentlemen, we've covered all the recent events, and now we get to the real fun part. Well, not for fucking me, but for other people. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it's fucking... That's what I'm doing. Oh, God. What am I doing? Gentlemen, it is number... I'm shooting with the hitman, brother. It's number four on our five count, shooting my fucking self, because I have to listen to the hitman. Explain how this segment works. (sighs) PJ finds a fucking passage in Bret Hart's book, probably talking about how he fucking discovered water, or figured out how to make the light bulb, and then reads it back to me for my live opinion. (laughs) So this uh, ties into a little bit of what we were talking about last week, where I said that Bret Hart helped bring the ladder match to the WWF, and Brad Cliff said, no, he didn't. It was, And then he gave his usual propaganda shtick that no one believes. But all right, so here we go. You ready, Francis? I did clarify at the end you were right. There's a lot going on here. There's here, a lot of names coming at oh, you. Oh, here comes the bullshit. Lay it on me. What do you say now? On July 20th, I shot an angle with Papa Shango. It wasn't anywhere near as phony as the voodoo angle he did with Warrior. Yeah, of course. Charles yes. Wright was a tad green, but he was a big, strong, and eager to improve. And I was happy to help him in any way that I could. The following day, I arrived early to the building in Portland, Maine, to make sure that the 15-foot ladder for my match with Shawn Michaels could be climbed from both sides and that it was sturdy and safe to work with. I was dog-tired. I'd been working hard to build up my cardio. And the three matches I'd wrestled the night before could only help, as long as I didn't get too beat up. Early that morning, I worked out at the local gym, and I was amazed to see Ric Flair blazing a trail on his Stairmaster next to me. Despite being hungover from his usual night of hard drinking, Flair was easily one of the fittest wrestlers I'd ever seen, and he sweated out his poisons. He didn't show any sign of slowing down. Later on, Sean came and found me in the dressing room, scratching his head as he tried to figure out the crazy idea of a ladder match and what it was all about. I knew how successful this type of match had been for my dad's territory, 
Yeah, how I, successful? You sold out a 30-person building? Fuck off. And I could just imagine his potential in WWF. That night, Sean and I put on a decent trial run. Unfortunately, Vince missed it. What do you think? What is there to say? Anytime he gives somebody a compliment, he has to bury them within <laughs> one sentence. He always doubles Rick that. Flair came in blazing the trail after fucking heavily drinking all night. He's just a jerk-off. I wrestled Papa Shango. He was a decent worker. Not anywhere near as phony as his war. It's, it's always the yeah, same. Yeah, I wrote down, too. The warrior one was so unnecessary. Like, yeah, okay, it was a stupid angle. So was fucking uh, you acting like you had a personality. <laughs> the other one, when he said, I went there early to check the ladder specifications. Oh, what'd you go with the measuring tape, you fucking dickhead? I, I hate I, him. I think you're missing my favorite line. This is the one I thought for sure would stick with you. Hold on. I'm sorry, my brain can only handle so much bullshit at one time. I might have later on. It. Later on, Sean came and found me in the dressing room, scratching his head as he tried to figure out what this crazy idea of a ladder match was all about. Oh, it's such an un... I couldn't believe the concept that you had to climb a ladder to grab a belt from a string. This guy is such a pretentious asshole. Could you imagine Shawn Michaels a, well, I got no idea. The only reason he was scratching his head because he was high off Somas and probably forgot what the fuck the ladder was there for. He's a wrestling fucking Picasso, and he couldn't figure out the psychology of the of the ladder match. Shawn Michaels managed to, as a face, use an amputated man's leg and get it over. Remember that, PJ? Mad Dog Bashan. Bang. I couldn't In remember the house. name. Diesel. Better, best friends, better enemies. So the man that figured out how to use somebody's amputated leg as a weapon... Couldn't figure out how to use a ladder to climb up and to grab a belt. Yeah, I believe yeah, that. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. But at least he spoke nice about the nature boards. Open fit. And, and, you know, Stampede, I know they drew crowds in Calgary, but you never... Is he kidding me? Success? You got bought out by the WWF. You were given as a present. <laughs> they what just do you think about Bret Hart, k Fabes. You know how Frank feels. You know how I feel. I mean, his, his work speaks for itself. Right. Um, I... <laughs> Some of the shit he says is pretty funny. I definitely agree uh, with I mean, the work. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have, I don't know. He seems a little bitter. Uh, yeah, a little bitter. So we were Just talking. We were talking about his work rate before, right? And everyone gives him like this big thing, like he's so creative and so everything else. Yeah, he was creative. I'll tell you what he did. Over every year he was in the WWF in a main event talent, he added one more move to his arsenal. One year it was the bell, then the bell came out every fucking match. Then it was the fucking, the, the wrap around the uh, ring post figure four. Then it was the choking with the cables that Vince said, stop fucking doing that. Every year he added one move to his mar arsenal. Yes, he evolved as a performer. As opposed yeah. to certain big post oh, people out of British oh, Connecticut okay. who have been doing the same Harley Race high knee since 1999. Is this shooting with, with the Hitman or Hammer and Hunter? Hammer and Hunter. I've seen him do one new move. Since I've, since I've been watching Triple H, he did, one, he did two. He did the cripple across face. <laughs> Just to be edgy. That was, and the that was one of them. Because he wanted people to look at him and talk about him. <laughs> And he put on an Indian death lock on Booker T at WrestleMania 19. I broke Wahoo's leg. And Jim Ross had a fucking orgasm with this Indian death lock. You know who told him to do it. It was a fucking rest hold. Oh, yeah, yeah. He told him how to do it. I don't know. But while we're on the topic of Hunter and Booker T, I, I did get one question tonight from Steve from Saskatoon. Who asked a pretty interesting question. I don't want to deal with any more Canadians after listening to that asshole Brett. He asked an interesting question, Steve, from Saskatoon. What's Booker he got? T, 
Is he underrated or overrated? So this is a case of WWE propaganda, PJ, and I'll tell you why. We're all made to think like Booker T's this fucking legend. This, this guy. Why is that like fucking Joey D? I don't know why. I don't know why. I just metamorphosized that joke. <laughs> I think Booker T was a fantastic worker. I personally think his best work, by far, King Booker. King Booker! Yeah, he... he I, didn't even, I can't even replicate it. And I'm pretty good at doing voices. I cannot do Booker T when he said, Booker! Remember when he wanted John Cena's help one night and he offered Charmel as a prize? <laughs> one <laughs> night with the lady, the queen. I do, I do remember he, that. Look, that his was face his... face would always twitch. It, he, that was his best work. It's it really not even was. close. Yeah. Well, it got him a heavyweight title runner. Uh, it sure fucking and, and, did. And it was well-deserved. He was the fucking one of the biggest heels in the company. Then he lost the fucking Hunter and And I slam. watched a fucking interview with him. I listened to it or read it, actually. He said, I like scripts. He says, I love when they would hand me a script because I would read it and I would say, all right, I'm not going to read all of it. I'm not going to do it exactly this way, but I'm going to follow the blueprint Play the and ground I'm going to make it my own. That's a man. That's what I, a man says. So, like, I love Booker T. I wouldn't put him in the greatest of all time category, but the way WWE puts him and elevates him. He's got two fucking more Look, of fame. there's politics behind this because... For a long time, the WWE didn't make a lot of black champions. Yeah, I so they have to they have to elevate him. It's understandable. I understand why they're doing it, but don't try to sell me that he was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Because when you had him arrive to the WWE, in case nobody remembers this, way before Hunter stuck a fucking pinky on him, they had fucking Steve Austin beating him up in the dairy section of the fucking. There was something even off. more unforgivable than that. The Rock buried him. The Rock? Are you kidding me? Oh, oh, you're going to SummerSlam? What are you going to do, park my car? That was unforgivable. Yeah, were you as upset when Triple H handed him a dollar and said, carry my bags? Did he do I don't think he did that. Didn't he say oh, you're here to entertain yes, people? yes, he did. No. I, heard, I actually watched one of the promos earlier today, and I know one of them. You know, I'm sorry, continue. I'm you sorry, motherfucker. I'm sorry, sorry my one of them, he, he mentions the nappy hair, and my eyes just went back and said, well, that's something that can't be said today. What were you Look, saying, Hold on. I was saying that uh, I, I saw something about Booker and Hunter since you brought it up online, and uh, I wanted to pull it up quick, and it was about the A&E biography, and someone, a uh, professor and writer, David Dennis Jr., was interviewed to cover Booker T's career, tweeted that he was brought in to specifically talk about the WrestleMania 19 match between both of them, and it got cut from... Oh, wouldn't you know who so, won the pony? So Booker T... Cleared the air and said that he was he came in it was never supposed to be in the doc in the biography and it makes it seem like there's a whole lot of meat and potatoes on the bone of the story of Booker and Hunter and um, he never gave given the story a whole lot of credence it was just a championship match that he lost um, he said he understands how some people see yeah, some race in it but yeah, Booker plays the game he never Booker looked at my career he never on. I never looked at my career and framed it around one match look they're not stupid. If you put that promo, or people go look up that promo like I did, and see the fucking COO of the company calling someone nappy-headed. He said it wasn't about race, racial issues. I people understand like that, but people will Google. People to be world champion, book. You sing, you dance. I laugh my ass off when you want. Don't you? And he it, was really a good heel, it was a good heel promo. No, no. That, how is that I mean, not a good heel promo? I'll tell you why. Can I tell you why? Go ahead. Take notes. Take your little pad out. I want you to write this down. Everybody fucking knows 
When you bury the baby face, you don't say things that are true. You don't say Dusty Rhodes is a fat slob with a lisp. No one ever said that to him. So what did he say that was so wrong about Booker? The nappy hair? That you're here to dance, you're an entertainer. Oh, I you're guess. not made to be champion. And when he told Cena, you can't wrestle. You're a big, slow, I have a question. Truth. You never say things like that because he buries the guy. I, you cannot point. Point me out another heel who buried guys to that degree. Because The Rock didn't. Rock would bury your ass when he was a babyface. When Rock was heel. Do you remember what The Rock did when Booker T threw him over the top rope in the Battle Royal and went to that WrestleMania 19 match? He had a shocked face for five minutes. What did he do? Did he clap? Yes, he fucking did. He did more to get Booker T over in that fucking match than Triple H did in the entire WrestleMania feud. He went against he went, and I'm clapping now since they can't see me at home. He clapped and he pointed and went, he's pretty good, he's pretty good. And just like that, Booker T was a made fucking man. I think... He was a made man. And Hunter did everything he could to bury him. I think that the promos are fine. I think the result of the match is the issue. If Booker T beats him, all of those promos are perfect. All fine. Or, if Triple H is going to win, fine. Don't cut those fucking promos. Don't cut those promos. That's all I'm going to say. When I watched the promo, I said, wow, that's a good heel promo because it makes him seem like he's on a different level than Booker T, which was the point that he was trying to prove, and then Booker T is supposed to beat him, which makes more sense. I see your point. My issue is that he didn't fucking beat him. Not with the promos, but yes, now things that are said in the promos are definitely a fucking issue. And I think a lot of people would have went Googling those promos, and that's probably why they cut that shit. It's probably a big portion of it, despite what they want to put out now about it. Uh, you can't have the COO of the company being watched by hundreds of thousands of people saying nappy-headed. It's just not a time or place uh, for that. No, probably not anymore. Look at, but, look at what Vince again, had to deal to with. point, you just said, had Booker T gone over, it's wouldn't a great have meant story. Shit. It wouldn't have meant shit. It, it would have been the best story. It would have been great. They would have put it in. They would have sat there. What a genius, what a genius angle. The race, it was just under the surface of the story, mm -hmm. and the right guy went over. And that was like... Yeah, that shit was about race and the fucking white guy won. <laughs> I'm always interested, and I say this, we never will get a full answer with Hunter because he's one of the few wrestlers you never get an actual shoot with. Right. I would love to know who was actually behind him getting the belt back. I don't think it was him. Cause even what he, do you mean getting the belt back? What do you like, mean? I, I'm sorry, not getting the belt back, but not losing the belt that night. I don't know how you booked that to him not losing unless the idea was Lesnar was a babyface and you wanted the heel babyface dynamic. It's just stupid. It's one of those things they did everything wrong. Well, no, because the wrong. build was right, but the fucking ending was wrong. Or, or the whole thing or the was wrong. The ending was right and the building was wrong. Either way, yeah, the that's whole, true. It, it didn't. It didn't add up. But all right. So to answer Steve from Saskatoon, is he underrated or overrated? What do you say? I would say he's underrated as a fucking as King Booker. But overrated as a whole because they really try to elevate him to being something he's not. How would you answer that question, K-Fabe? I, I, would, I would say underrated. Underrated? Yeah. I don't think he's underrated or overrated. I think he's rated right where he should be. How's that for an evasive fucking answer, Steve from Saskatoon? I think he's held in very high regard. I saw a clip of Booker T. be. I think he's held as a, a, a certainly a black legend. Has to be. In the world of professional wrestling for what he did at WCW alone. And one of the few guys, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, 
Another guy who was a huge success in WCW, who got over in WCW, not somebody who went over to WCW as a former WF guy and got over. The guy that was made in WCW and then had big success in WWE. Very few. Goldberg Very few. and Booker T stand out to me as being two of the guys. Goldberg uh, only had that year run before he really Look at him now. Had a World Heavyweight Championship yeah. match when he came in. He had two Universal Championship runs. Or, you know, he beat The Fiend. He had a couple now of mania. I feel, now I feel like Yeah, he, it took him a while him to and get Rock, there, but he got there. Him and Rock worked. Yeah. Yeah. Goldberg certainly had a great WWE run. You can't take that away from him. Is there anyone else? That got over big in WC, as a WCW homegrown See, talent. Mm-hmm. When you guys yeah. say five-time world I champion. I can't think of anyone. Jericho. Come Jericho. But Jericho was a bigger WWF talent than he would ever be in WCW. WWE. I don't think he had it. Didn't didn't blow up in WWE. I know what you're saying. You're not wrong, but they didn't. I'm talking about guys who got over as big big stars in WCW. But did Booker T really get over as a big big star? Because he won the Booking. heavyweight title. He had a great tag team with Goldust. I would say he, he was in a couple of great factions. He had some main event matches with The Rock. He oh, you're talking main about main event now. matches. He was the champion as King Booker. He's in that fucking Hall of Fame twice. Yeah. I think he had a hell of a career. He's the five-time WCW. He's saying WCW, though. WCW was the five-time champ. Yeah, but yeah. he is the five-time champ with David Arquette and Vince Russo held the belt. Yeah. That's the problem it with it. it like, is, but he was also a great tag team guy. Well, I was going to say, I remember him as a tag team guy. He's objectively a great career in every single way. And for that reason, I can't say he's underrated. Can I talk about I the bookend? He's overrated. The bookend of his career when I saw a video earlier. The bookend, you mean his finish? No, in TNA. There was one match where he, for some reason, had a microphone and decided to comment himself, oh, yes. beating the shit out of people. That was funny. Hilarious. Saw it earlier. It's a fucking gem. Shucky ducky. Quack quack. <laughs> where did that come from? I, I hate to say it. Oh, there's one thing Booker T was terrible at. Fucking commentary. Get him the... F- God, Booker T was one of the worst raw commentators ever. And he's got to cut his fucking hair. Why? It's too long. He needs it for the Spinneroni once a year. It makes it look more oh, dramatic. I was at a Raw once, I think in Nassau Coliseum. And he was leaving the commentator desk and he had to walk by us. It was like during a Raw commercial break. I guess he was going to piss. And he shook my hand. And I turned to my friend, the Seven Line General, you guys may know. And I said, his head was so big. He said, <laughs> he said but he had banana fingers? I said, yes. <laughs> yes. He was fucking huge. He was tremendous. It's a massive human being. Big fan of Booker T, and you're right. King Booker works probably his best shit. Not in no small part due to the contributions of Charmel Finley and especially William Regal. Gentlemen, we now are getting to the end. We're getting to our fifth segment. We're going to do luck of the draw. We got a special edition this week. We got two cards each. Who's ready for luck of the fucking draw? Do we have time for two cards each? Oh, yeah. Where are How long are we gone? Oh, only an hour 17. Yeah, let's do two cards. Fuck it. I hope I get William Regal. I hope you go fuck yourself. Well, no, we won't get out of here on time. I took your William Regal shirt and it's now part of my fitness club. Tremendous. I'm, there. I'm gonna wait to see what the kids say about it. It'll be hilarious. Who's gonna be first? Who wants one? Nick, take my two and pass them down and then take your two. It's just throw it. Don't throw. Come on, don't throw. We hand it Fuck him. You ready? Yeah. You want him? Thank you. I actually discovered something about this pack that's pretty funny. There's a section or a style of card. Oh, boy. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like... I, 
I feel like you just got a good one. See, you get I, I oh, realized. You want to hold it? I realized. Oh God, I didn't even know. I realized there's a section of these cards called Triple H at Mania. Uh, so that should be pretty I'll fucking stop, funny. But I'm going to use the lesser of my two cards, okay, and okay. then you go, and then okay. you go, and then we'll, we'll circle we'll back. Then Frank go, and you will end with your your lesser. We'll circle back. Yeah. So the first card I have is not a person so much as an event. Edge wins the Money in the Bank ladder match. Ah, oh, what a Let moment. Let me do a quick one here. For years, the WWE Universe had wondered about when the moment would come when Edge would ascend to the top of WWE rankings. That's true. The moment came at the vaunted uh, WrestleMania moment as Edge entered the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match outlasting five of the WWE superstars, the rated R superstar show that he had the metal to ascend to the top of sports entertainment where he would degrade the briefcase and later cash in for his first WWE championship. So here's what I want to say about this. Supposedly Jericho's idea, the Money in the Bank, looking back at it, there was no reason to think he was going to cash in in the middle of a match. And come out like he didn't cash in because he beat Cena right after the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, Vince McMahon came out and announced it. Genius. Loved That's it. That's what made Money in the Bank. That's what made Money in the Bank last. Because you never whole, knew when it was going to happen. And of WWE fucked it up. They started having two or three. And then it was a woman's one. And then they really started fucking with it. But for a time, it was cool. And Edge got it over more than anybody because he had a nasty habit of just cashing in while people were beaten down. That became the way to do it. Yeah. Well, he also got the briefcase a second time for Ken Kennedy. Genius booking. The perfect way to make him ascend because he's right. A lot of people were waiting for him to ascend. He was always a guy that was on the just on the cusp. They tried pairing him with Benoit earlier that year and it didn't work to get him over. But that, when he fucking cashed in after beating, brutalizing Ric Flair earlier that night. I think he made him blade and everything. You can share totem, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that sealed the deal, and that made Edge a top heel in that company. And hey, you guys know no looking back from there either. Listens to the show, and you two certainly know I don't give a fuck about Edge. I don't like his facials. I don't like his voice. I don't like his promos. I don't think he's very good. But he's over. He's over. Works hard, and he puts together great matches. I can't take anything away from him. He's not my cup of tea. How about that? He's not my cup of tea. But I can understand why other people fucking enjoy it. It's a match that's been used to try to get guys over. And, and it, it's worked in some aspects. and other aspects, it has It's probably got a better success rate than a failure. It but then there's... Better but, success than King of the Ring. But then Edge. there's things like Brock. Like, did Brock need it? No. But it was good storytelling in the end because of the way they utilized it. it, yeah. it, it did look. it come out at the very end of that yeah. match? Yes! But the stupid part was Mustafa Ali had his fucking hands in the and briefcase he already. It like it was a boombox? Yes, yeah. yes. And Heyman was dancing. It was great. And Edge winning. That was it was big. It gave you a lot of moments after the fact with the live set celebration. And WrestleMania 21, I'm sure as you both know, is also one of my favorite mains. Yeah, it's true. All right, K Fabes, what do you got for your first card? I, I didn't look, so let's see what we got here. I got Sting joins the Wolf Pack. So this was an interesting thing. I'm gonna read this here. Hold on. Go ahead. For all the talk of him being the one man who would never join New World Order, a black cloud fell over WCW locker room when Lex Luger. Introduced his good friend Sting as a member of the Wolfpack. This version of the NWO was led by Kevin Nash in an effort to combat Hogan and self-focus. Nash and Luger's recruitment of the Stinger made sense. That's a shoot. As the Painted Warrior had long declared that his intent was to rid the sports entertainment world of the black and white NWO, which meant going so far as to side with the elements of the malevolent rebels. So the NWO Wolfpack was the first attempt that really turned the NWO fully babyface. Uh, they had... 
I believe the backstage reasoning was Kevin Nash was sick of Hogan shit. And that <laughs> yeah, ended up being the good. real reasoning that they broke them up. I love the Wolfpack. I know a lot of people talk shit about it because that, they look at it as like the death of the NWO. That theme. Oof. That is one of the... That, that might be the best rest... Or like, don't fucking sing it. You make it sound horrible. Yeah. Back, back with your right, there you go. Great, great, yeah. Oh, great, yeah. You're out of your mind. That shit was great. great. I love that shirt. I need dated, that shirt. Dated. I fucking... You know what my only problem with the Wolfpack is? I always remember... Like Scott Hall bopping and shit to that song, but the reality is, is he was out of it as quickly as he was in it. Scott he became Hall the lone wolf. Line, you had the flag it? behind you. Yeah, I do. I mean, he was yeah, he was wolf pack for like a week, and then he switched back, and then he went back. He was lone and wolf. They joined the two. That yeah, yeah I know a lot of people, my brother included, who who smartened me up to say Kane was actually the game changer of the Monday Night War. He'll say that he loved the Wolf Pack, and that was one of the best things WCW did. I don't see it that way. I view it as one of the death knells of WCW. Things were really falling off. People, can, can we tell the truth now? Can I tell the truth, Brian? What? People liked the Wolfpack because it was the NWO symbol in red. Basically. That was it. It was the artwork. It was the only reason people liked it. I love it. it. You're right. And yes, the music had a little bit to do with it, too. Sting. But it was just so indicative of how out of control WCW had gotten at the time. With it, they're, split, they're, they're factioning off their biggest faction and... There's no babies anymore. You know who to root for. Everyone's trying to be cool. And you watch some of this shit now. Kevin Nash wearing a uh, a do rag or a bandana tied and a Fubu that. fucking and, jersey and, and fucking <laughs> and big jeans. Like, eh, it's all a little dated for me. But there was a time and place where the Wolfpack was cool. I can't take that from them. All right. So you're gonna go twice in a row now. We're gonna work our way back. I'll go, That's and then perfect. you go. No, and then no, no. He has a good one to add. I one. do have a good one. Oh, okay. It's very good. All right. Oh, this is one of our favorite moments. I think we referenced this last week. This is Brock Lesnar defeats John Cena for the WWE World Heavyweight Summer Championship. Slam? SummerSlam 2014. What a match before you finish. Let me, I got to set the stage. I was coming back from, uh, where's that place in Long Island that plays all the jammies? You gotta take a bus to get out there. Oh, oh Bordy Barn. Bordy Barn. Barn. Yeah. Dollar the Beers. You can't say Bordy. Bordy. Bordy Barn. Bordy Barn. Tremendous place. Great time. I was on the bus. Tremendous. Well, any place that makes you piss in a fucking outhouse and has <laughs> dollar pizza ain't tremendous, PJ. I knew what It's I a was fucking going drunk into. skunk it's a shot. Great match. I regret nothing. It's a great match. So I was on my way back from Bordy Barn. That was the match playing. I had to get home. I had to see it. I watched it in my friend's basement in Garrison Beach. My God. That was a spectacle. I don't care who the fuck you are. You had not seen anything close to that. In, Never. In the history of wrestling. That was going in and watching King Kong Bundy beat the fuck out of Hogan. And just pin him one, two, three. And I mean beat the fuck out of him. And we're not talking a quick F5 finish. Teen with, suplexes. We're talking that match. We're probably 20 minutes. Maybe 15 minutes. Probably. They had a suplex a minute. It was a match, and my God, it, it was... Did Cena get any offense in? How, yeah, little, they had a couple of sponsors, yeah. made it all the better. You wash it with your mouth open. And Cena had to do it. It was a political maneuver, because Brock was coming off breaking the streak. So what do you do now? He Cena has to crush him. Cena. He's got to crush him. And gotta he did. Got to crush him. Fucking great. That's a match I can watch back anytime and try to relive it, because my God... It was unique. People, I put it, people were shocked too watching it. I they did not. I did not you ever. You see it in their faces. Yeah. I did not ever expect to see John Cena take that many fucking bumps with no. He just. 
he was a Jabba that night, and that's what he had to be. And he could recover easily. Oh, he and he and easily. I mean, but not a champion. The next month, they did some screwy finish that Cena kind of won, like so. They 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 covered it. But yeah. For what it needed to be on that stage on that night under those circumstances, it was almost perfect. It was perfect booking. And you look at a company like this, and you say you can pull that off, but you can't get fucking Matt Riddle over. What the fuck? Someone's not paying attention. The next up, oh fucking! Can what you a- read the background of that that thing before you move on? Uh, yeah, sure. Just I want to hear it. I want to hear how they describe it. See if it's been propagandized. Domination. Let's see. Never mind. Never mind. We're good. That's it. That's all it has to say. Be good. Okay. All right. So I guess uh, <laughs> correct. This, <laughs> we'll end there. Next. This this could end up being one of Nikki Kayfabe's favorite episodes. We have Sting returns to save Team Cena again. This is actually when he came back to Raw the second time. Oh, the second time. The second, oh, the time. second time. Yes. Uh, Not the first time when Dolph Ziggler sold Survivor, the pedigree. Survivor when Dolph Ziggler sold the pedigree for thirty-eight yeah. minutes. During Raw Reunion on January 19, 2015, John Cena fought for a reunion of different kind. The right for Dolph Ziggler, Ryback, oh boy, and Eric Rowan to return to the WWE roster, facing off with Seth Rollins, Kane, and The Big Show. Cena was a man on a mission and did everything he could to go against the imposing odds. Just when it seemed that Cena was going to fall short of bringing back his running buddies, Sting returned to the WWE. It's Sting! The vigilante ensured that Cena would be able to vanquish the authority and bring back the fired WWE superstars. <sighs> Have we not said it before? All right, they botched it. Whatever. It's not his fault. It's not Hunter's no, fault. No, of course not. It's not the guy booking the thing. Yeah, I, I can't get into it anymore. I don't even want to get into Go it. Go yell right? about Vince McMahon. Uh, I don't even want to get into it. What happened was a fucking disgrace. They bungled it. They cost themselves millions of dollars. Look, it's uh, long-term. It been an Undertaker match. Frank. It's long-term Frank. booking. It's long-term booking. Hunter took out Booker. He took out Scott Steiner. He took out Goldberg. He took out Sting. He killed WCW single-handedly. Right. And if you didn't think he did before, he beat Ric Flair to a pulp in a cage too. Right. That's his character. He's the conqueror of mm-hmm. WCW. Uh, you'll be ashamed of yourself. AEW <laughs> next. Go ahead, K Fabes. What else you got for us? I have uh, Larry Zabisco entered the Hall of Fame. Oh boy! So I got one the for this. The worst Hall of Fame speech of all time, according to Arn Anderson. Can you read the back of it? Sure. It was only appropriate that one living legend inducted another into the WWE Hall of Fame. Bruno inducted him when Bruno bestowed the honor on Larry Zabisco, one of the most outspoken WWE superstars of the generation. Zabisco was as brash and cocky as anyone has ever been. But he could back it up in every one of his words with technical mastery in the ring. During his time in WWE, Zabisco famously feuded with San Martino as he attempted to step outside the shadow of his mentor. Zabisco's achievement included being a world tag team champion and AWA champion. Okay. So I got one thing on Zabisco because this guy was old as piss when I was watching this. <laughs> I know he was in WCW. He was always the old man on commentary for me. There was one time... The new World Odor. <laughs> yeah. There was one time that him and Scott Hall got into like a mini feud. And I remember the NWO promo. I'll never forget it. They held him in the ring and had Eric Bischoff kick the shit out of him doing the karate gimmick. Uh-huh. <laughs> During the promo, all you hear is fucking Scott Hall. Larry Zabisco? You couldn't beat me. You couldn't beat E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E. And it's just a repeated... on. Onslaught of Eric Bischoff kicking Zabisco in the stomach. Was it one of those the preceding announcements? Of, paid for? 
of the New World Order. PJ, were those promos not tremendous? They were fantastic. It was the only way you could get Hogan to be believable. You'd chop him up into little pieces. That's what Nash said. Nash, well, Nash said that they would go there and they would speak in sound bites and Hogan would just go. Well, let me tell you, brother. And he, would, and he would do his whole fucking spiel. Oh, my. So what do you got at Fisabisco? He's more of your age group. So, Zabisco, <laughs> a year older than you, maybe. Yeah, but um, you know all this old shit. So, Zabisco's most famous angle, and we'll see if Nikki Kayfabes can, knows what I'm talking about. The most famous Zabisco angle is when he turned on somebody. You, you know, mean Cody and QT Marshall? That angle? Okay, similar. It was the angle. It was the yeah, yeah. when he turned oh, Jim Cornette's turning your lessons. <laughs> he oh, turned Jesus. on Bruno in the cage. They tried big... to do it, and I don't fucking buy it. Is that what he referenced? Yeah. Oh, okay. So there you go. Now you know. Was that so, the original mentor mentee heel yes, turn? Okay. Yes, sir. I mean, as far maybe it's been done before, but I mean that was the big one. Right. I don't know if they had a blow up in Shea Stadium. Or he turned on him in Shea Stadium. But Shea Stadium was tied up in this in some type of a way. And that's really what he's known for. They said it just drew a ton of fucking money. He lingered for a long time. Got to give him that, right? He lingered all the way to the late 90s. He was on WCW every week. Yeah. And so his Hall of Fame speech is widely regarded as one of the worst in history because he left it in the taxi on his way. And he just said he was going to wing it. That didn't work out too well, did it? And it didn't work out well. If you watch it now, it's pretty shitty. And Pat Anderson will tell you it was the worst Hall of Fame speech he ever saw. Interesting. I thought he'd say Psycho Sid. Uh, well, I don't think Sid's in yet. It was, it was a scissors oh, right. job. Oh, a, I got it. You're right. Fuck. It was you know slow. there was a WrestleMania I saw us recently where they screen capped. It, like, I think Arn was on. It was out there and they had a pair of scissors that said Arn on it or some shit. Oh I was God. fucking dying. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> All right. You ready for this? Oh, boy. <laughs> Not really. Tell me it's one of these Triple H WrestleMania moments. All right. So. I'm just going to. I gonna, hope so. Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I just told the game is brother. Hulk Hall of Fame inducts Macho oh. Man into the Hall of Fame. Oh, oh the plagiarism. <laughs> oh, the lies. <laughs> brother, me and Randy were like this. Which I went time... perfectly to what we're going to do next week when we watch the Macho Man A&E documentary. But let's read this propaganda. <laughs> Look at his face. I saw his face. I popped huge. <laughs> He's taking oh, it all in. Oh, my He's God. Taking it does, all he have, in. does he have the half smile on? And you, yes. Oh, there it is. And you know what he's thinking? I get to go over the march again. <laughs> in the dirt. One of the biggest names to enter the WWE Hall of Fame in 2015. One of the biggest. Like, he wasn't the headliner. One of the biggest names to enter the WWE Hall of Fame in 2015 was Macho Randy Savage. Ooh, a multi-time yeah. world heavyweight champion and WCW champion. Savage was one of the true icons of sports entertainment. Who brought out the best in his opponents? His delivery in the ring and on the mic was unparalleled, leaving sports I- I'm sorry. with several memorable moments. At the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony, it was Savage's longtime rival and oftentimes friend, Hulk Hogan, who did the honor of inducting Savage, while brother Lanny Poffo read an emotional, poetic acceptance. Before speech. you get into the Mega Powers exploding, Rinker Radio is going to explode, because <laughs> I've been waiting for the opportunity to roast this motherfucking phone on air, and now it's come. Nikki Kayfabes, if you don't get a new fucking phone, I'm going to take that iPhone 6 and that stupid case that you have to crack on and off to put a fucking charger on it. Your charger's a fucking whack. My charger's the problem? No. If your case doesn't accept a regular fucking charger through the hole, there's something wrong with your case, there's something wrong with your phone, there's something wrong with you. You're a fucking sick bastard. Go on. What happened with Hogan? 
All I'll say on that subject, because it does need to be said, I don't know why he won't get a new phone, but there's a reason. Can I you, don't know what it is, can you but talk there's about a Hogan? reason. So Hogan and Savage is the stuff of legend, right? Nobody quite knows. Did they hate each other? Did they not hate each other? Did they get Brother, one, one day, I hit there's Elizabeth. one thing we all fucking know, and that is that Hulk Hogan is full of shit. He's <laughs> full of more shit than a Christmas turkey. And so, about so first of all, let's let's break down the whole thing before we sign off here. Savage, no fucking reason he couldn't be accepted into the Hall of Fame as a living human being. What the fuck did he do? Uh... So let's go there. We all know the rumors. If you're a wrestling fan, you know the rumors. Let me just set the stage. Savage is the only wrestler that I'm aware of that was blackballed by WWE for years, for decades, mm-hmm. for decades. Warrior came back, Hogan came back, Flair came back, they brought in Bischoff, Dixie Carter, Bret Hart, Dixie Carter was on fucking WWE Network, mm-hmm. Kurt Angle came back, people who said I will never go back, I will die before I go back, I'll come back with the tail between the legs, they never let Savage back, why? Legend has it, him and Stephanie McMahon had some kind of an un- Oh yeah! Some kind of an illicit- Fucking, uh, you know, she was young at the time. She was young. He was old. It's weird. Happened. We don't know what happened. Look, it's like Pat Patterson and the Ring Boys. You'll never know the fucking full story. (laughs) But look, there's got to be a nugget of truth there because you're right. You go through that list. You got some deranged motherfuckers on that list. Snooker killed someone. Snooker killed somebody. Hall of Fame treatment. If you watch Dark Side of the Ring, Vince paid it off. But fuck, how the fuck he had to have. He had to have. I don't know if he did it, but he did something to get fucking sideways with Vince. I mean, but... Because that Hall of Fame, the fact that he couldn't go in with Elizabeth was bad enough. Now, the fact that he can't go in fucking at all... Right. And I gotta listen to Lanny Poffo and Hulk Hogan and his bullshit. Oh, man. Hogan, and and that's... If he was alive, who do you think would have inducted him? His brother, probably, right? Probably Lanny Poffo would have inducted him, but Hogan Uh, Hogan would have still been a good choice. Hogan would have been a choice. Jimmy, would Jimmy Hart manage him? I don't think he did, no. I mean, ideally, you would have had Elizabeth put him in and vice versa, but... Oh, what a shame. You know. That they'll never be able to. I want to see a hologram of him hoisting her up as they go into the Hall of Fame together. They'll have a statue the one day. first posthumous double inductee. You know what's crazy, though, PJ? You do mention that, how they, like, ignored him for so many years, but ever since they've started acknowledging him, now he's, like, a fucking top-tier legend like he should be. Because now Vince is ready to cash out and on make him all and, the money and not give him a fucking red cent. It's insane. It's insane. It really is fucked up that now, they did Lenny that. Now, Lenny Poffo had a nice induction speech for him. The genius. You ever watch a Lenny Poffo shoot interview? No, it's got to be gold. He's pretty good. He's, he's, is he he's, as good as Honky Tonk? Because you know no. he's my new favorite. Have you been watching Honky? All I'm going to say is, well, Brett, if you work with me instead of Bill Goldberg, maybe I, he wouldn't have kicked your fucking head in and Brett your dick Hall wouldn't have worked. Brett to work with me because I didn't hit him hard enough. <laughs> and I say, hey, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you rather have matches with for the next 15 years of your fucking career? Me? Or Bill Goldberg, who kicked you in the fucking head, gave you a goddamn stroke? That's and now your right. dick don't work now right. You walk around, can't get your dick hard. And then he mocked him and did the, the droopy yeah, face. He, he goes was too far. Honky goes too fucking far. I gotta watch my next one, PJ. Spoiler alert. This one's gonna be gold. I saw a video of New Jack 
Iron Sheik, Sheik and huh? Hockey Tonk Man in his Gatorade with his fucking vodka in it. In a fucking hotel room. About Benoit. In a hotel room where I saw New Jack explode. I gotta watch this. He was telling me some clips about it. Oh, I understand you want to kill your old lady. That's fine. (laughs) But killing the kid that alive. That was Hockey Tonk and New Jack. Nancy Benoit's my fucking friend. Honky, I got a lot of respect for you, but Nancy was a friend of mine. Yeah, he spoke the truth. He you want to slap the bitch and run away for two weeks? Who you do knew that? In that, in that fucking trio, <laughs> that's that fucking the fucking new Jack was the voice of reason. He was speaking fucking clear. And I love what he said. That's not road rage. Road rage is you grab a pipe and you beat somebody. <laughs> 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 that's when you beat a motherfucker with a pipe. <laughs> that, that road. This wasn't road rage. He's oh, fucking man. funny. Bundy says that doesn't tip. Bundy, I don't recall your fat ass tipping anyway. He, oh, he's he's entertaining. You gotta give it to him. You gotta give it to him. But yeah, the clothes on March and uh, fucking. What are you saying to me? I was mouthing socials. Social media. I was gonna get to it. I was gonna finish up on Hogan and. Uh, I'm I'm a big star on there, PJ. I gotta get my advertising up here. This is my Let me breakout. Tell you something, people at home. If you're not following the high flyer on social media. Then I don't know what you're doing because he's making traction. He's making traction. He's getting retweeted by famous people. He's being followed. Who knew? Now I understand why Twitter is the toxic environment that it is. The only <laughs> way to get attention is to be a ranting, raving, take no prisoners lunatic, just fucking hollering at everybody. Shout out my anti AEW club. We're going to roast this shit tomorrow. I can't wait for the clips. Holy shit. And so, anything else you want to add, gentlemen, before we wrap this baby up? Well, get updated. Go watch the Macho Doc, because next week we'll be covering it live. Watch behind, but all right. And boy, oh boy, I hope you're ready for the Hulk Hogan bullshit. Nick, will you be watching the Nick Gage dark side of the ring? I'm going to. I have to, to. I have to fucking see this. You couldn't say it? You love it. I'm not watching this drug addict bankrupt bullshit. <laughs> 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 no problem. We I think we have to watch it just to see where the fuck this guy Moxley uh played you with. You know he's gonna open up the show the day after. Well Brian, I watched it. <laughs> well Brian, I didn't watch him. You told me to watch it. You told me Moxley had some bullshit. I tried to watch it. I got seven minutes in. And then I wrote down, fuck this. He's garbage wrestlers and they're bullshit death matches. And they're fucking light bulbs. <laughs> And for more Jim Cornette paraphrasing and the reiterations of Jim Cornette's opinions, you can follow Frank Cliff at HighFlyerRCR. You can follow Nikki Kayfabes at Nikki RCR, Or you can follow PJ Stackpole at PJ Stackpole RCR. And now we present to you, ladies and gentlemen, after this show concludes, we will have a Lights Out edition. Because no one should fucking listen to it. It's unsanctioned. It's unsanctioned. I don't recommend listening to it. It wasn't very good. That's why we put it on the end. But if you want to hear us watch along live with that opening match of AEW on Wednesday nights, if if you do watch it, I suggest you watch it on a loop and fucking play it and fucking fast forward and maybe it'll look like an actual match. God bless you if you try. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great week. We'll see you next week. And we're coming at you watching All Elite Wrestling. We are watching it live. It is Wednesday night. Who the fuck is this Japanese guy? I don't watch Yo, this. Yo, okay, K-Fames, give me some volume. Let's hear his music. It's Yuji Nagata. Nagata traveled to the United States. Oh, Excalibur, you're just a piece of shit. You had an 
This is his first time. Can I ask you guys something? You guys are legitimately upset about the ratings numbers that these people have been pulling in, and yet here we sit giving them a number. Well, here's what it is. I think Kayfabes is respecting that fight he had on Twitter earlier, and he wants to see what the big deal is. People were praising him. I'm not saying he's not good. I don't know much about him. He's 50-something years old. He is crusty as a motherfucker. (laughs) Look at that guy. He looks old as shit. Someone said he's rightfully back on TNT where he belongs, and he was on TNT for a year, so I don't know. Law and Order belongs on TNT, not this and fucking And Law and Order's shit. original TV channel is NBC. Who's he so. with? Who's the guy came out with him? That's one of the young boys from New Japan. Oh, that's the like carries water bottle in his eyes. Yeah. Like, people are cheering. I don't... Come on. Look, because the crowd's fucking wrestlers. What's the story here? That, Frank, you know that story. Okay, so... Uh, oh, oh, my God. You couldn't... So now... Okay. This is something. Eddie Kingston brings it in the ring. What's on his shirt? Rest in peace, who? DMX. Okay. And Moxley has new music, it appears. He's yeah. coming out the wild thing. I mean, that one's to be a heavy little... I mean, this guy pays a lot of money. Yo, he doesn't food. fuck around. I will say this. Not a bad song, actually, for him. It makes sense. Yeah. I guess. So the storyline here is Moxley basically won this belt, I believe now almost two years ago. Last year he didn't get to defend it because of the pandemic. He recently defended it against Kenta and defeated him. And this is the next challenger, Yugi or Yuji Negatu. I've watched New Japan. I've never seen this guy not be in an eight-man <laughs> tag right, match to I, start the show. If i got to watch this, I'm going to need to fill up. I'm a beer. Good idea. You're going to need it. K-Fan? I'm good, thank you. So, K-Fabes, we could talk about Look, this. You know some record. of these guys. Moxie singles record is 33-2-1. Is that overall or that's just this year? It's this year. 2021. Since January? Yeah. Fuck, how many times this guy wrestled on Dark? <laughs> All right, so, singles too, mind you. Not even tag. Before this match actually picks up K-Fabe, well, they have the stare down like anybody knows who the fuck this guy is. You, you've watched New Japan with me. I've showed you a few guys, right? Remember that guy Minoru Suzuki? The one I showed you is a shoot who fuck up anybody. Okay, yeah. I know slaps that. around people. I think he beat up Oscar once. Okay. On a shoot. Why yeah, wouldn't uh, you get him? At least I'd want to watch him beat the shit out of John Moxley. It just seems like a, a weird minutes. guy to get to promote and then. He looks slower than shit. My God. And here's Moxley with his missed forearms, every signature. What is that? Yeah, I gotta say, this uh, looks like it's happening in slow motion. You played with the speed, K Fabes? What's going on here? <laughs> this is bad. That was no way near him. All right. That was a nice boot. That was a good boot. I'm Look, shocked they has light that fucking high. Who's that big fucking guy in the crowd? Is that crowd? Wardlow? No, nah, Wardlow can't be in the crowd. That would be stupid. Yeah, it's disrespectful. Who's this? Guy? Rocky Romero. Oh, is that who that is? Yep. Rocky Romero had a lot of buzz about him. and Got hurt. Uh, I think. He also works in New Japan Heavy. There you go. So I bet this guy, Yuji, he was probably a friend of one of the guys. And they just said, hey. Tony, it'll be great. Let's bring him in. I think also New Japan's smart. They're not going to let them take their top stars and fucking bury them. That's the thing, too. So they I... sent an eight-man tag guy. Minoru Suzuki's a much bigger star than this guy is, and people would have probably watched just for interest, but I don't think they want top talent losing to this guy. I think the belt's a way to just get American audiences to is watch this it. this for the strap? This yeah. is for the strap. I think this is just a way for them to get their door in American I mean, audiences. There's no chance that Blue Justice is walking out with this thing. No. I don't think there's uh, a shot in hell. You know one of his uh, gimmicks is when he gets hit hard enough, he put he rolls his eye back and stares at him like The Undertaker? 
Really? He calls it blue steel, I think. All the Japanese guys had those little things. Yeah. They suddenly stopped selling. <laughs> they just get fucking just hyped up. And I, uh, I, I, the thing that bothered me the most was the finally home in, at TNT. Like, come on. That's like saying, like, Liger. I said it before, but it's like, Liger's finally home on the USA Network. Like, no, he's not. Yeah, he was there one time. Mordecai is back where he belongs. On, UP, on UPN. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, there is, uh, look at that. Lance like Archer that. doing nothing again. I like that. So, I like the visual. Yeah. I mean, it's a good visual, but every week this guy comes out and says he needs TV time, and now he's sitting in the crowd watching this bullshit. Make more sense for him to come out and throw someone through a fucking table. But yeah. it's on TV. That's true. Oh, boy. This is getting worse by the minute. It's not bad, it's just slower. It's, it's slow as shit, but they don't even connect. See, the difference is when you're giving me this type of slow build in fucking Japan, they're knocking the shit out of each other. They're almost working too safe for this style of match. They don't I, got... Imagine it's like a two-hour match, just goes the whole show and we're stuck here. <laughs> oh my god, it sounds like fucking torture. Yeah, well, your tongue's in your mouth, I'm very impressed. <laughs> well, this is, this is PJ's favorite guy from the WWE. I was very happy to see Dean Ambrose leave. <laughs> oh, he caught him. Some shoulders to the back of the neck. I don't know who that big guy is over there. I want to know. I think it's Wardlow. That would be just that's disrespectful. Nah, he's in. He's too big. In, he's in too yeah. big of an angle. I don't know who that who that tall girl is. I don't know. I don't, I just I I don't get it. I don't. They bring in these Japanese guys, these Japanese women, and people get crazy about it. And not oh oh. All right, that's a good suplex. Yeah, but he, this guy's working. He's not working a W an AEW style match. He's working slow, a more yeah slower. He's trying to tell a fucking yeah, story. Not, you know the wrong. point of a wrestling match. Wrong. I know. I don't hate this guy. He's just not. Is that Billy Gunn? Is that? Oh, is that Billy Gunn's son? Oh yeah, that's who it is. It's Gunn's son. I don't know if it's the. It can't be he's the small one unless he's, he's standing stand on a on fucking something. chair. Yeah. Uh, coming off the ropes. Well, at least we solved no. one mystery. Oh, well, that was fun. that was good. Yeah, what Take size is what size is AEW's ring? He's smarter than anyone in the fucking in, in backstage. Clearly, fake the drop kick, go for the knee. Here we go. Yes, kicks. Ah, it's just so slow. Ah, it's just so slow. So slow. It's not even the guy's voice. Fucking sixty. Why is he doing this? And Ambrose isn't really helping him. Yeah. Well, well, Ambr- I, I Ambrose, hate to say it, there's not much he could even do there. You have Ambrose to... has slowed it down so that he can keep up with them. Yeah, that's well, true. Yeah. yeah. I guess I guess Ambrose in his own way is... Uh, They're trying not... to tell a story. I give Ambrose credit. What this did is he better... just do? Kiss him in the head? Yes. Why? He's crazy. What does that mean? He's crazy. He wants to kiss another guy in his fucking forehead. He's crazy. Like the fiend? He's no-selling... Exactly. A lot of forums here. They're just doing the... Sta- oh, nice miss. Standard Japanese shit. Yeah. Oh. There's the German. Couldn't even take all of it. I should put on the volume. We'll see what they're saying about it. Want to hear Jim Ross. Acting that like might be he, it. Acting like he wants to be here. Don't season the system, please. You only have 50 followers. That's 50 listeners anyway. This is something else. Uh, 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 going for the pile driver. See, he's legitimately trying to get him up. Oh, with a big back drop. And he's chopping and kicking and punching. Oh, okay. Big CM Punk kick. Yeah, the knee to the corner. 
Superplex? No, oh, of course, because where else would a 60-year-old man take a young athlete <laughs> but to the top rope? Oh, shut up, Jim Ross. Don't you thank me for watching this. I'm ashamed of myself. Well, yes. Yeah, oh! 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 Well, that almost ended badly. I don't know. Is that the end of Moxley's career? Yeah, they got a small well, ass. Oh, he gave him the finger. Of course. Well, Every week. Every week, there's 45 middle fingers. You know why it's still out? count after another yes kick. Yeah, how much smaller is their ring? It's got to be like three or four feet. Feet? Look yeah. how fucking small it is compared to a WWE ring, no? Is it just me? You see a difference? It always looks smaller to me. At AEW's rings? Every ring with WWE looks smaller. Interesting. Okay. I don't know if they're all 20 by 20. I don't know if it's the camera angles, the camera lens. I don't know. Oh, this guy's face is selling. Oh, look at that. Slipped it on bar. We're two hours in now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. Um, here it's coming. Blue he's Steel. Not, he's not that. Blue oh. Steel. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what kayfabe looks like when he eats that burrito. It's <laughs> How do you know that was coming? I, that's the move. I fucking saw it before. So what was your opinion on him while watching New Japan? Fucking, Who would be his equivalent? He's an eight WWE. WWE doesn't let guys work this old. If there was a WWE equivalent of a guy like this and another company brought them in to face their champion, it would have been. I couldn't tell you. I really don't know. He's a he's a fucking. I I don't. I think he had a career when he was much younger there that was more ex extravagant to what he's doing now. I've only seen this guy in eight man tag matches, and then occasionally they push him in like a legend versus young guy tale. So I'm assuming he's just like, you know, what they did to Kane for a while, or what they did to the big show. But I don't know if he's nearly as big as a star as either of them in Japan. I hate that little thing he does off the rope. The, in between the rope on. and come back? Well, it's cool if he did it once in a while. You do it every match. It doesn't right. make any sense. Oh, nope. hard way. Uh, how do you get open the hard way? Every, they get open every week. It's impossible. Either someone has the oh, fucking most unkempt fingernails. Stiff me, brother. That's all. That's all. Hey, brother, that's just what we used to do. Uh, Give it to him the hard way. That's when I slammed on. Oh, right. man. Oh, Jesus. They, they, they don't look... Um, okay, Moxley. Yeah, he's a little... Yeah. All right, well, at least he throws a good punch every so often after seven shitty forearms. Right, here it comes. Is this it? This the these, no, these are the knees that never hit. Now the, the finish. Oh, there oh. it is. I do like that he started lifting them up. It makes it look a lot more impressive. There well, it is. There That's it is. That's it. The flat job. And that, my friends, is why no one from New Japan will be going there because they're not going to fly across the fucking country, across the world, to go do a 10-minute job to this asshole. Afterbirth, yes or no? Uh, now they got to fucking put the ice on them. Oh, they're really trying the gimmick. Don't fucking start doing that now because New Japan does that. It's not cool. Well, put the ice on them? Yeah. <laughs> it's like boxing. I actually liked when I saw that the first time in New Japan. They actually don't just pop up and start celebrating their victories. They sell, which makes sense. It always bothered me that the winner never sells. Like, he magically just feels better because he won. He took an ass whooping. You ain't going to be smiling that fucking much. You think someone comes out and goes after them? I mean, it could be. You got both these. Oh, my God. Look at the fucking people watching that show. <laughs> Holy shit. We are oh, those people. Oh, oh eat shit with the fucking bow, you asshole. Acting like you fucking knew who the fuck he was. Acting like you beat Ric Flair. I hope they cut your tongue out next time, Moxley. I really do. Jeez. Oh, what is this? Now they're going to do the... Oh, my God. What is this? Simba? 
It's respect. I'm fine with that. Why did they bump heads like dogs? Is that a thing? Maybe that's a thing he does. I don't fucking know. It's an old Japanese tradition. It's called the head of the samurai. I wonder if someone comes out and goes after him. It's been, uh... Oh, wow, no. Darby Allen versus Rusev tonight. Ah, Rusev and uh, there's the stinger. Yeah, Darby Allen got thrown down a flight All right, of steps. are we done? This is the most AEW I've watched in months. Are we done here? We're done. Ah, here's the pinnacle. We're done. 